Bearcat Bounce Podcast back at it again. Happy Monday. It is a Monday after what is going to be considered one of the craziest Fridays in college football history. It is a Monday following what we're going to say August 4th, 2023. Just, just name that as the movie. Pac-12, August 4th, 2023. Big 12 fully invested in that as well. We're going to dive into that completely, but we're also going to dive into something a lot more light, a lot more fun, a lot more intense, a lot more intriguing to all the Bearcat faithful as it is. The first handful of practices down in year one of the Scott Satterfield era. That's right. The Bearcats are at Camp Ground, the most beautiful spot in the world. Beautiful food, beautiful scenery, a little bit of rain today, a little bit of rain today, but still beautiful outcomes and beautiful things to break down. And of course, as we continue to talk, a lot more basketball offseason, a couple of fun highlight tapes to watch, and more intriguing names to track. So it's Monday. That's it's also a good time to bring in guys who have been able to take in some of the action of the 2023 Cincinnati Bearcat football team. And of course, guys who have also been able to, to dive into the entire Twitter sphere as the crumble of the Pac 12 and the build of the Big 12 is upon us. That's right. Without further ado, we're going to bring in my guys, my pals, only two of us so far. Number three is going to be coming soon. He's he's one heck of a ringer as well. But one and two, that's right, Aaron Smith and Chad Brandle. Gents, how are we? Good. A little, little tired. Been a long day, but uh, but doing well. There we go. There we go. The, the, a lot of a lot of Bearcat fun this past week, Chad. You, you've been fully enthralled with the uh, on, on the front lines, if you will. I have. It's uh, it's it's that time of the year. It's it's Bearcat Journal season for it's a lot Jay of people. Season. I love that. We are uh, we are crushing it right now. The team has uh, been out in full force. Keegan's been there every day. I've been in there every day, but one. Uh, Reagan's been there a couple times. Aaron has stopped by. Dave is hopefully going to be out this weekend. Brent's hopefully going to be out this weekend. Maybe we can maybe we can get a Royer sighting Saturday. Ooh. We'll see. We'll ask him when he gets here. We're going to have to get one um, Monday first. So, <laughs> well, yeah. But he doesn't have to show up here on Monday to show up on Saturday. Very true. Very true as well. Um, but no, it's uh, it's good. It's there. There's you go through the, the summer where you're grinding for as much content as you can latch on to. Yep. And then we get to this time of the year and it's a flood. So, yep. uh, love it. Love it. Absolutely, man. Aaron, my man, how are we? Doing all right. Like Chad said, I got to get out, get out to practice. Six hours of driving on Saturday, um, <laughs> round trip. But worth it um, just to get out there and get to actually meet some people who I've interacted with, uh, whether it be on, on Twitter or um, not in person yet. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, just got to catch up with some old faces, meet some new faces, and got some of that good good higher ground food so yeah what what was it on saturday lunchtime meatball subs meatball subs okay which is like very a... strange because it's barbecue meatball subs not huh. meatball marinara subs like like huh. the barbecue meatballs you'd have at like a party right it's like those with bread i don't do the bread because but... that in my brain that doesn't that's not how but, meatball subs go, but they're but like twice the size, like twice yeah, the size of what what you would have at a party. I'm I'm kind of on your side here, Chad. I I don't know if I throw that on bread. I 
I, I did. That's like a that's and, like a toothpick, but but and if then it's they bigger had like than a toothpick, then cheesy chicken broccoli pasta bake that was oh. delicious. They had that okay. too. I had a, had a salad. Just you know, you got sometimes you got to throw in a salad. Gatorade on tap, higher ground. Feel good, yeah. right? Fruit punch Gatorade on tap that is more like Kool Aid than Gatorade. The sugar to uh, Gatorade powder ratio is uh, heavy on Hype sugar. It up a bit, okay. Heavy I on don't, sugar. I don't ever get lemon lime Gatorade, and I drink Gatorade lemon lime Gatorade on tap there because yes. it's, it's, it's so <laughs> sweet, very very cold, crisp. Goes down quite oh, well. Oh, it's good stuff. It's almost as good as the uh, the actual like when you go to Chiba Hut in Clifton, and they have yeah. the Gatorade or they have the Kool Aid, like in the Kool Aid yeah, machines yeah. Yep, that they yep. used to have when we were kids. Uh, mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. It's okay. very good. Very. So good. so the question is, has Nico taken over Brady's little uh, shake stand there in the corner, or is it kind uh, of uh... no? That not yet. Uh, we also don't have anybody that eats applesauce and cottage cheese. Okay. Why would you anymore? Nor should you. It's foul. So that was a Brady special, just a plate of applesauce foul. topped with cottage cheese. Happy trails to that disgusting combination. <laughs> Tasty nonetheless. Uh... Keep that shit up in Madison. Except for it's probably like extra cheese on top, like some you know some curds added as well. You know, I, who knows? Aaron just going guns blazing at Brady Collins. I know. Gosh, it's no, just on just on that food choice. It's disgusting. If Brady listens to the intro of each BVP, he's going to be very appalled. At Zero percent chance, especially during this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. He's just getting ready for his "Let It Fly" appearance. On episode two, um, up there in Madison. But you know what? It's uh, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun to just kind of read and kind of dive into what has been going on. You know, obviously practice starting in Nippert and now going on to Camp Higher Ground. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's kind of a mix of the old with the new, if you will. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, day one, all the interviews were returning players, and of course, of course Satterfield. Day two, it was all new players um so we're gonna dive into that more just thought i you know obviously it's going to be the uh the opening line the opening thoughts of of the pod but had to had to kind of check in and I, that was what you guys weekend was 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 first off a crazy friday and then of course the camp on on saturday and then sunday i'm chad did you make it to the to the game reds game on on sunday or yeah you know went got situated uh you know we were we were in the club seats so uh enjoyed some food and and uh, a couple lemonades and then we got to our seat and the first two pitches were home runs bang bang um and it wasn't as, it, the rest of the day wasn't much fun yeah we're not going to make this a reds pod but it's a lot of a lot of questionable things going on there but that's for a different podcast for a different time. Um, Aaron, you 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 able to relax yesterday? Kind of get the gears back together before uh, heading into the week. Yesterday was a full relaxed day. Those days are few and far between for me. So there we go. I've enjoyed every bit of it. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's fantastic, guys. Well, it, you know what is not relaxing though is if you have car problems. That that is the most unrelaxing thing in the world. It's it's something that really grinds my gears, if you will. And if your gears are grinding, you can head on over to Danco Transmission and Auto Care. Get yourself a quick fix up. A little 10% off your next fix. And a little $10 off your next oil change. Uh, that's right. Call up Danco Joe. 
told Joey sent you, Chad Brendel, Aaron Smith, Ryan Royer. Say, hey, I need a little help. He's going to spot you. He's going to get you set up. Danco, transmission out of care. Got to love Danco Joe. Um, guys, I, I've got to open the board just straight right away. Um, Aaron, Chad, you guys have been there in attendance. You've been able to to, to take in the action. I, Aaron, I want to kind of pass off to you. I don't know how in-depth you, you did on Nightcap or whatnot, but but you were able to have a couple more days away from, uh, from practice that you were able to take in. Just thoughts as, as you let things simmer, you know. Just a couple days coming out from Camp Higher Ground. Uh, the names that I dropped of people who stood out to me when I was there were Sterling Buckhalter. It was Braden Smith was a no LI and um, Xavier Henderson were uh, the, the names that I had mentioned. Um, that said, I am higher on what I saw from the wide receivers than I was a week ago. And okay. I think that's probably the thing that stood out to me the most. Um, when, when they don't have, when they're just in shells and the running backs are on the far side of the field, kind of doing their own thing, you don't really have any idea as to what's going on with the running back situation. Mm -hmm. um, they were there most of the day. Um, when you don't have pads on, you don't really know what you're going to see with the offensive line, with the defensive line. Um, they're just, I mean, they're doing uh, advanced walkthroughs, essentially. Right. Um most of what we saw was install. So you're pretty much going to see linebackers, secondary quarterback and receivers mm -hmm. and tight ends to an extent. Um, so I, I was impressed with what I saw though, out of, out of the wide receiver room. And being that that was one of the biggest questions that we all had. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that that's a, it's trending in the right direction. Yeah. You want to, you want a moment from practice today? Absolutely. So they lined up instead of lining up like defensive back facing the wide receiver and then doing one-on-ones, they lined up with the defensive back, even with the wide receiver facing down the field so that they got a, a fair head start right? Uh, and just ran go routes. And the offense went eight of 12. Uh, that doesn't surprise the, me. I think the first six wide receivers caught the pass. Um, Xavier, Hender Xavier Henderson, uh, Donovan Ali, uh, D. Wiggins, Braden Smith, uh, Evan Prater caught his. And they were a couple of them going up over the top and making plays, but most of them were making a tough catch 40 yards down the field on a ball dropping in with a defender – you know, right there, and these guys are making catches right down the sideline, and I was standing there with Jim Kelly, and I said, am I crazy? Or, like, is this a legitimate, deep, wide receiver room? He said, well, you're crazy, but also, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, that's a guy that's that's was a wide receiver here, has, has been on the radio broadcast for most of our lives, like, that's a guy that knows what he's watching. And even he has talked about this wide receiver group. Like it's the story of camp because yeah. it, it, it wasn't in the spring. Like I like D Wiggins. I like Donovan Ali, but there were yep. still so many questions and you go get Xavier Henderson and you go get Braden Smith and you go get Aaron Turner and you add Evan Prater. And now all of a sudden Sterling Buckalter looks good. Chris Scott 
had a really good day today. A couple big plays that he uh, dedicated to Bearcat Journal as he was running back. Uh, he told me one that was for me, and then the second one, I was like, "Is that for Bearcat Journal?" He said, "If I can get some love, if I can get some mentions on Bearcat Journal, then I'll I'll dedicate it to Bearcat Journal." Here it so is. Here you go, Chris Scott. Here you go. We got to clip this segment. Well, then tag Chris Scott. I think this goes back to what we saw on Saturday, though, Chad, where we were seeing receivers getting separation, especially towards the end of their routes, on especially on deep routes. So I guess I'm not surprised by any of that that they were beating them on these one-on-one go routes. That was the thing Saturday about Xavier Henderson was there was at least three times where, and we talked about this on the nightcap, where he was even at 20, 25 yards. The defender was right there. And by the time the ball got there at 40, 45 yards, he had two yards of separation. His ability to pull away late down the field is, if it's anything like we're seeing in practice, if it translates to games, it is a weapon. Because that's one thing that Emory Jones really has an ability to do is put some air on the the deep ball and let his guys run under it and make a play. And Xavier Henderson looks like a guy that can do that at a, at a very high level. I I'm just, I, I, you have to tip your cap to the the recruiting staff. uh, It's not the recruiting staff, sorry. The talent acquisition staff. Right. Uh, Because they went out and uh, acquisitioned some talent in a wide receiver room that could have been an unmitigated disaster. And instead through the first four practices, the media has been allowed to watch. They are definitively the story of this camp to date. If you're going to give flowers to the talent acquisition, though, you also have to tip your cap to the fact that they were behind the eight ball on many programs when they got started Sure, because they they hadn't even transitioned over. They didn't even have they didn't their, even work was, here yet. That was one of the last staffs to get put together as far as the whole staff goes. Right. So uh, just a, another feather in their cap. Yeah, I, and without before we go any further, we got to welcome in Mr. Ryan Royer, sir. Welcome back, welcome in. How are we, Ryan? You're muted. Ryan, you're, you're, you're muted. Ryan, Royer. Royer. I said, looked like I tuned in at the right time. We talking some ball, um, a little higher ground action. I always tell the guys, it's like this is the one time of year I'm not that jealous about not getting to play ball anymore but um saw some interesting clips you know I was I was honestly you know waiting to hear from Chad today just kind of there's only so much you can see from the socials um if you're not at practice but I'm excited to keep hearing more seemed like some guys made some plays some guys that we expected to prove to be consistent after starting off on the right foot Emery's kind of churning to start which is good sign so I'm excited to hear and see more. Yeah, we've kind of just been – I've been sitting back and listening to – because Aaron was at practice on Saturday, and, and Chad's obviously been there for all of them except one. So uh, just been getting these these goody nuggets, which is all all music to my ears. But, um, Chad, you were at the most recent practice today. A uh, little bit of a rainy affair, a couple of lightning delays uh, based off what Keegan's um, article yeah. had to say. Um, what did that kind of throw the – flow off practice the entire way or was it kind of they they weren't out for long i thought aaron did a really good job of like 
there there wasn't a lot of like like storm activity in at higher ground, but there was lightning close enough right. that they had to deposit. But once it moved past, they did a really good job of getting everybody back out, getting restarted. Um, there wasn't a lot of wasted time, even though there were two delays. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I give credit to Aaron and, and his crew. They do a great job with that, as Ryan can attest to. They're, they're, they're not looking to, to waste time having guys just sit, you know, and, and wait. Um, but it, it rained pretty hard twice for about yeah. 10 minutes each time. Um, but the, it, there weren't massive like delays. So right. it was, uh, it was, it was handled well. Um, and they would just get back out, you know, get, do a, a quick stretching session to get everybody heated back up and then on the field you go, let's, let's get it moving. There we go. Um, Keegan had due to the day today as, uh, Evan Prater, uh, as Evan continues to make the transition to wide receiver Chad, if you had to to give out uh, due to the day on top of Evan, uh, who kind of was someone that caught your eye. Maybe he's consistently done it or someone new that kind of really caught your interest. Uh, Shaman was up there for due to the day. Corey was up there for due to the day. Although <clears throat> some of that goes to the offensive line. He had two big runs at the beginning of practice right. that I think Royer could have gained 30, 40 yards on. Okay. I mean, just gaping hey, holes man. like, I mean, are you cutting through a tight space and making oh, yeah. a jump cut and getting down the field? The, the tightest, Chad. I'm, I'm staying. I'm uh-huh. staying square of the line the whole time. I'm cutting. I'm making guys miss. I'm Ooh. juking out Corleone. Oh. The right. good news hey, was put me, a, put me in an open field tackle with Corleone. I'll win that any any day. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Dante. <laughs> um. But it, it, like he had, he had big gaps to run through. But he hit the hit the hole with authority and got downfield. Um, and then he had a nice screen pass for a long run. Like this line, the run blocking has been really solid so far. The pass well, that's blocking great because we were yeah sorry terrible last year terrible. Uh, the pass blocking has been okay. I wouldn't want to have to deal with blocking up Brian Brown's defensive scheme though. Like there, there was one today threats had a sack that was like, where did he come from? Like all of a sudden he's just in the backfield, like two hand tagging the quarterback down. It was like, where, where, what gap did they shoot him through to get that done? Like it was, it was impressive. So they do so much to confuse the O-line and it's an O-line that hasn't played together much mm-hmm. um that you know you give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt this early in camp as right. they're getting used to it but um yeah I, I i think i would have had to have gone Corey today uh just for the number of big plays that he made it's it's always hard when you know and, and aaron you can probably test to this as well as you mentioned it with with the Current pace is, is it full pads right now, or are no, they still? I think tomorrow shells? is the first full today with shells. I think okay. tomorrow is the first allowed full pad practice. And you're still muted as well. I thought Zach said Wednesday. Well, so tomorrow was supposed to be off, okay. and then Wednesday was practice. Instead, tomorrow's practice and Wednesday is off. So tomorrow by 
you have to do two practices in helmets and spider pads and then three practices in shells um tomorrow is their sixth like tomorrow is the first day they can go full pads so i would expect tomorrow to be full pads okay yeah because i mean obviously all we've heard about this offense is you know run 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 and then yeah. pass so uh, we haven't quite seen that that wrinkle yet uh so i'm i'm really intrigued to hear how the o-line looks you know obviously going full go full pads and, and then how that running attack looks um chad you're able to talk with with nick cardwell after the uh off the line coach nick cardwell after practice today um i was interested in a couple things he said mainly was just you know the the scheme that they run is is built to kind of tire out the, the defensive line and the defense so that you can kind of hit those bigger chunk plays in the second half. Do you think that kind of bodes to the inclination that the coaching staff wants to have those eight offensive linemen they feel comfortable to play in a given game? Or, or do you feel like it might be like a rotation for a couple of series? Throughout games, or do you think they're trying to solidify a five and, and kind of I mean, go with I'm that? curious. They keep saying they want to play more than five. Right. I, I just – it's not something people do a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, you, I think maybe at the guards – Ryan can can answer this probably better than me. Like, I don't think you want to rotate tackles. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you want to yeah. rotate center. So, I, if you want to have a rotation center. of Tensley and Radosevich and Kandra – like to keep your guards fresh because they're doing a lot of moving and getting outside for that outside zone, maybe. But yeah. I, that's my take on it. I, Ryan might disagree. I don't know. Yeah, you don't you don't want to go. Um, you don't want to rotate tackles. I don't know if you guys remember that good old Peach Bowl, but not that. Not don't want to talk shame on Mets, but having to throw Mets out there cold um, yeah. against against an and, NFL yeah, edge rusher against D. Yeah, and they're going to be right. playing NFL D D linemen all year long in the Big Twelve. And guys that are, you go, you sit out two series. I mean, no matter how good you are, you could be an all American and you're not, you're never going to be your best coming right out on the field after getting mm-hmm. no reps uh, at the whole game or just series by series. So you definitely want to, cause tackle is such a, it's a such, it's such a feel process. Like there's a ton, tons of footwork, tons of technique that go into it. Not that that doesn't go into it at guard or center, right. but there's a lot more room for error at, at the middle three. Uh, you, you're not as much on an island, so I think, you, yeah, Chad, I agree. You don't want to, you don't want to rotate your your tackles, but I even like you'll see sometimes it, it's not uh, if someone goes down at center or guard, you can see them rotate guys around. So that middle three, they know how to play all three positions. They, granted, it might not be like the best combination, but if you're going to see rotation, uh, I agree, it's going to definitely be at the guards. And who knows if if Gavin needs a breather? Sometimes I'm sure they got. One or two guys. Radosevich is a hell of a center. Yeah. Like, and the the surprise, maybe the biggest surprise of camp is how much they seem to trust Dartanian Tinsley. Yeah. Because when they've rotated, Kandra is the one that has gone to the second team. Kandra and Radosevich have gone to the second team in the rotation. Tinsley has stayed. Now, some of that might be that, at least for now, uh, Kandra and and Radosevich have taken a lot of the second team center reps. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're rotating them to the second team so that they can, you know, fulfill that uh, without having to do like that, you know, like a lot of last year we saw double duty uh, after um, um, Renfro got hurt right. where Gerhardt was playing center and then 
second team guard and taking yeah. all of the reps. Um, so maybe there's some of that that like there's some some strategery to it on on who's rotating out, but they seem to really like Tensley and, and Cardwell talked about him uh, pretty glowingly today as well in that interview. Like if if there's one interview so far from camp to watch, I think it's the interview with Nick Cardwell today because you like he gave a lot of insight oh, yeah. into not only the guys but you know the system and and how he coaches it and you know a lot of that stuff. So, uh, I mean, I, I just thought it was you watched it, Brent. I thought it was yeah. it was informative. Oh, he's and he seems like an awesome dude too. Just super candid, yeah. super. Uh, you know, engaging and and by the way, I love your strategery word. That's a good word. I'm gonna I'm gonna use it a little bit more. But yeah, um, strategery, st- strategery. It's just my it's, strategy. You know, strategy and you know, yeah, strategery. Like stressing it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I and, and maybe also getting Tinsley just like reps as well because I you know obviously Tinsley is the only guy out of those names that you listed that you know has, hasn't, hasn't played a really lot. Played. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, maybe just getting him kind of more reps with the ones and because you feel that, you know, confidence in Kandra and as well as Radosevich as well. So maybe just trying to get Tinsley out there as much as possible um, and seeing how that I'm goes. telling you, they like him a lot. Yeah. From conversations yeah. like they, they like him a lot. And I, we talked about his measurables numerous times. He's he's a beast. So that's uh, exciting to hear that he's taking that step as well. Um, how about tackles? Uh, you know, we talked Buford kind of seems a little like undersized, maybe just height wise has the length. Yeah, uh, John Williams. I heard his name a couple more times. Uh, he had a good yeah. day today. Really good day today for John. Okay. Um, you know, it's 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 reps. Like, right. You, you got to get him in there and, and get him seeing everything and seeing it at as close to full speed as you, you know you can get. Um, I think they're pretty comfortable with Buford at right tackle. Mm. Uh, but you know, it's up to John to win that that job on the left side, and he, he's. At least you feel like he's trending in the right direction right now. Yeah. And then Phil Wilder is the other name we've, we've kind of heard there. He's the swing tackle. You know, yeah. he's, he's the backup guy. And then uh, Ethan Green is is the other guy that's that's getting, you know, those second team reps at tackle, which um, a lot of positives about Ethan are starting to, to circulate too. He still might be a year away from really giving you meaningful – reps at tackle but a guy that size mm-hmm. you know that that's the type of dude you want developing into because because he can be an anchor left tackle yeah at six he foot also, seven i was i was talking to one of the linemen at, at practice he was getting reps actually this this camp he's been getting all of his reps at right tackle after having yeah. never played a snap of right tackle prior to this season that's your boy too aaron Got it. I didn't even I didn't even get a chance to talk to him, but I got to talk to somebody else. So oh, okay, there you go, there you go. Um, anything more online? I feel like I, it's gonna be it's gonna show more when they get the full pads on, rocking and rolling. Um, but I I did want to roll into uh, tight end a little bit more. Aaron, tight end was was a position group that you said you're gonna keep an extra eye on. Man, I tell you what, each practice report is another 30, 40 yard touchdown in the seam to Shaman, and then of course Peyton had a you know, goal line touchdown today. Uh, overall, what's what's kind of been the vibes out of those two? And has there been a third name kind of rising up, or is it kind of just those two handling all the action? I think mostly those two. Yeah. yeah, mostly those two. Shaman had a really good like 
kind of not quite the uh, the Denbrock play, you know, the the Deguara play, I guess, is it as it we know it. The bread um, and butter. The bread and butter. But Shaman kind of had a, you know, acted like he was going to chip at the line and then released almost like a screen look to him. They flipped it to him and he turned it upfield for, for 25, 30 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Shaman has the talent to be one of the elite tight ends in college football. Oh, yeah. If he puts it together. And we are starting to see him step by step putting it together a little bit more and more each practice. So <laughs> he's been really good. Peyton's made some plays as well. Uh, I haven't really identified like a third name to step up in that room yet. Right. But it's early. Yeah. You know who Shaman reminds me of? Um, with like ceiling and like ability is Maje. When Maje first came in, like you knew he was right. just a the, freak. The, the talent is there. Talent, athleticism, potential. Both both really good kids when they like comparing Maje when Maje came in. Maje's a grown ass man now. Shaman's a grown ass man now. And just hungry and they love to compete. So I think Shaman, I agree, Chad. Shaman's ceiling is insane. I think he has the potential to have a Maje like career. That would be my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't disagree at all. Like the the ability to run as fast as he does at his size, and I even think like he could get in even better shape than what he is. Yeah. Like yeah. if he could he could fine tune his body even another level um, as he continues to develop and progress to where, and he could just be as physically gifted as any like you know right up there with that that group of tight ends that have been great to, as bearcats and i think some of those guys would probably tell you i would kill to have his he's got. yeah met like his size speed like ability mix triple double um, in basketball man that's a, yeah he's athletic big, time. big time so is are all the schemes and information is, is it pretty much 11 personnel the entire time or they're mixing it up some. Yeah. Um, I've seen some 12. I've seen some 11. Um, a lot of mostly three wide receiver, though. Yeah. Like, they seem to be a pretty pretty heavy three wide out uh, mm-hmm. group, uh, which requires – that's one of the things, like, you know, when, when I talked to Sat for the, the camp preview, yeah, you know, Shaman's going to have to get better at blocking and, right. you know, to be a guy that's out there – every snap you're going to have to block in the run game and be a factor on those outside zone runs. Um, so, you know, it's, it's part of the progression, but well, oh boy, the, t- the talent is there and it is showing uh, so far in camp for sure. So we've, you know, we've obviously heard a bunch about Braden Smith and kind of how his, his Fletcher. evolution taken off. Yeah. That, so he's going to be in there at the slot, right? And then yeah. on, on one side will be Ollie, or Henderson on the other side would be Wiggins, Wiggins or or Prater. I, so, uh, kind of tell me, uh, yeah, Wiggins, 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 Wiggins. Period. Uh, in the slot though, is that where is Braden going to thrive there? Could you see him bumping outside, or is it no, all, all electricity he's, in the slot? Yeah. One of the things that he's really good at is just finding spots in the zone to be open. Yeah. You know, finding those open spots in the defense to sit down and make a catch or to, 
drag across the the route and find know exactly where like all right this is where you want to get me the ball like he he's a slot guy like it, it, he has a natural ability to just be electric in the slot now break glass in case of emergency right. could you use him outside like i'm sure you could but yeah um you got a lot of what do we always talk about use guys where they are where they create the mismatch yep use guys at what they're good at doing Braden Smith is a guy that can just break down your defense from the mm-hmm. inside and he can make plays from the inside down the field. Like Aaron, he had that catch Saturday. He went up over three dudes, uh, made a catch down the sideline. They knocked his helmet off as he was coming down. He still secured the ball to the ground and turned around and kept running. He actually threw the ball at the defender <laughs> and then chirped. <laughs> when he got done. He, yeah. Yeah. He came back and said, you forgot this. <laughs> yeah. So, so brain's really blowing up in the slot. And I, I feel like that might've been a position that some people would have thought that Aaron Turner would have, would have been kind of the still, name. Aaron Turner's the good. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Turner's How's good. He, like he's making yeah. plays. Same, same deal. He's a guy that he, he's smaller than, than Smith, but not, like I said, he, he surprised me. I don't know if Aaron would agree with this. I expected him to be slight. He's not slight. He's kind mm-hmm. of built like a running back. Right. But more of a slot, like a slot receiver's game. Um, he, knows how to find, he knows how to find the gaps. He knows how to, you know, make plays in space. Um, he's a little shifty. So I, I that's not to discount. Like, right. we aren't talking about Braden Smith because Aaron Turner hasn't been good. We're talking about Braden Smith because Braden Smith looks like fucking dude. <laughs> uh, and Aaron Turner right. has also been... Like if they would just have Aaron Turner in the slot, I'd feel pretty good about it. Right. But right. but now they've got both of those guys. So you went from, oh Lord, what are they going to do at slot receiver? It might be freshman Barry Jackson and redshirt Leslie Ando, to, oh boy, they're they're, they're set in the slot. Yeah. Set in the slot. Aaron, you mentioned that's uh, got to be encouraging for. That's, that's got to be encouraging for the wide receiving room to right. know that Barry Jackson's going to be learning from those guys and right. not just trying to lead as he's trying to figure out how he fits into the collegiate right. landscape. Oh, look, if you can put Barry Jackson under Braden Smith's wing. Right. Wow. I, <laughs> Braden Smith might be the, the, the singular – biggest storyline I've heard up to this point because I was just kind of highlighting names that popped up on each practice report and his was just constantly just blowing. Uh, so I, I mean, that's just, that's an unbelievable development and, and one that's, that's fun to watch. Um, There's not a day that I don't have Braden Smith with a star. Right. By his name. Like There's not a day. I think that's also because we're not talking about Xavier Henderson enough because we just expect him to do great things at this point. Right. No, After having he's just, he's, He's still – this is the other thing, Aaron. Braden Smith played for Scott Satterfield. Like, right. He's ahead of where Xavier Henderson is. Mm-hmm. Xavier Henderson is still learning and, like, figuring out exactly what the routes are, what they're asking him to do. Now, right. when he makes plays, Aaron, he makes plays. So it's splashy. Um, he actually, though, I, he had a drag route today – like a shallow drag across the middle of the defense that he caught and turned up field for a huge gain. And um, I like, it was like, Ooh, 
Like, if yeah. he can do that on top of being able to take the top off the defense, where, you know, you can't just play off of him and right. hope he doesn't run past you. If he can stop on a dime and come across the middle of the field, make a catch and turn upfield on you, that's that's now we're talking now we're cooking with gas on Xavier Henderson. I don't think like I just don't like Aaron. I know I know what you're getting at. I just don't think we're talking about Xavier Henderson a lot yet because he's still learning. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about Brady Smith a lot more because it's it's more consistent because he already knows what the <laughs> hell he's doing. Like he's he was yeah. dropped into his comfort zone. Um, which allows you to be comfortable when you're in your comfort zone. Amen. Even back, even right? even D. Wiggins mentioned that too in his in his uh, post game interview, just a post practice interview, was just that how Braden knows the offense probably the the best out of anyone out on the field. So it's uh it's you've got a leg ahead, but if he's showing these acrobatic catches and whatnot on top of it, it's only. Only a massive positive. Um, Aaron, you kind of mentioned Sterling Burkhalter as well. He was another guy that was kind of, you know, intriguing name transferring in. Um, and he's going to be – he's someone that will be here multiple years and, and have the ability to kind of show what he can he can do from not, not only this season but seasons to come. Uh, along those lines, uh, you know, we've heard a lot about Emery. I, I want to hear about the Bradys. What, what have you guys seen from the Bradys? Aaron, what did you see on Saturday? And – you know, is is Lichty there? Is is you know Drogosh making a big push for that for, for that backup gig? Is, is is it kind of a nice little little battle at the two? Where'd you expect Lichty to be? I mean, he's he's definitely there. Um, but you you he's the number Drogosh, like I, yeah yeah. So yeah. he's yeah, I just... it's, it's about as we expected. I mean, Drogosh is still learning the offense. Um, Physically gifted. Physically he is, gifted. He's he's faster than like a speedy we, bullet. We all, we all knew he was fast when he was recruited. Uh, getting to see it in person, I think, doesn't do his tape justice. Yep. Um, he's he's quick. Mm-hmm. He is quick uh, and able to just turn it on. I feel like his, even his acceleration to his speed is quick. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I for me, I mean, in what I got to see. Again, a lot of install. Um, they're they're backups. Yeah, they're, they're if, if if you have to go with one of the two of them as the starter this year, it, it's going to be interesting because I, I, and it's going to be if it had to be, I would assume it's going to be Lichtenberg. Right. It, it just changes the offense because he, he can run, like he's sneaky athletic, but I don't think you're running a lot of read options, zone read type stuff for Lichty, uh, you would be more of a pocket passing offense, which I will now say, though, I feel much better if you have to go that route now that I'm starting to see the wide receiver weapons that are developing. Um, But both of them just need more reps, need to to get a little bit more comfortable uh, in the new offense. Um, They had a – everybody but Emery had a little bit of a rough day on Saturday. Okay. Uh, but it's the first day at higher ground. And now I don't feel so bad. Yeah. The first day at higher ground. Oh, yeah. like, they, they weren't they weren't crisp on Saturday. I thought they were better today, the two of them. Okay. But I would I would give Lichty a considerable advantage at this point just from 
two extra years of being a college quarterback. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Offense sounds like it's, it's it's churning out quite well. How's the uh, how's the rotation defensively going? Just along the line, um, is it kind of? You know, I heard they're experimenting of, still. Yeah, they're experimenting. Um, I, I think you know an important one's going to figure out who is that guy behind Corleone. Yeah, because uh, I think like at the other two spots, you know, you've got Phillips and Van and. Mm-hmm. Briggs and Watley and Rob Jackson is is starting to to look a little bit better. Right. Um, it's a big human. <laughs> he oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, damn it, Chad. Was it how many like ones on ones was it? To uh, most of the eleven on eleven is ones on ones. Um, so they who don't... would you give that? Who would you give the edge to? between um, O-line versus D-line and then uh, wide receivers versus DBs? So today I would say the O-line was better in in run fit. The D-line was better in pass fit. Um, so about even, like met in the middle kind of. Would you contribute um, that to more because of were we running more pressures at them or – just kind of like five on four. They, they five were on running five. some. They were running some shit at him in the past. Game. Yeah, but like Brian Brown, that's that's all they run. They run some yeah. shit at you. Yeah. Like I, I, before you got here, I said um, Brian Threats had a sack today. That was like, where the fuck did he come from? <laughs> and just all of a sudden, yeah. he was at the quarterback. It was like, what? Oh, yeah. Where? Where was that? Like, I think but, you're going to get a lot of that with Brian Brown, where it's it's Threats, it's uh, it's Deshaun, it's Greshik, it's you know, maybe either Sammy or or Jordan Young, like just guys coming from a lot of different angles to just keep that offense like kind of panic. Like I think that's I think that's the idea of Brian Brown's defense is you want the offense to just constantly be in a state of like, are we sure that we have all of the options blocked? Mm-hmm. Because it could come from anywhere. Like, are we sure we're solid? Are we sure we're sound? Right. Um, Wide receiver DBs. Today, I would go wide receiver. Uh, It's been fairly even. So, I don't think, you know, it's been like 10-9, 9-10, 10-9, 9-10. Tell them about the drill today, though, Chad. uh, So, I'll I'll get your thoughts on this uh, as a defensive guy. Instead of lining up DB facing wide receiver and either in press or off, they lined them up shoulder to shoulder facing down the field and through go routes with the DB able to start at the same time as the wide receiver running in the same direction. And the wide receivers caught eight of 12, like just 40 like, yards down the field. Okay. It's kind of just simulating like one-on-one 50-50. Just one-on-one 50-50 balls. Just go and see who That's gets cool. it. That's cool. I've never seen that. That's a cool job. Yeah. Um, eight of eight of 12. And, like, a, a, like, I think Xavier Henderson got past his guy a little bit of that late separation that we've talked about with him. Um, but almost all the other ones were contested one-on-one and the receivers coming down with the catch. Um, they only did it one time through, like, the wide, you know, the rotation. But I thought it was a really interesting, like, take on uh, downfield, like, deep ball coverage. Yeah, because I feel like that would give the uh, wide receiver a pretty distinct advantage. But, I mean, if you're running foot by foot. I mean, 
what do you think, Ryan? Does, who does that give the advantage to in a drill like that? Where basically they're lining up like a like a sprint. Like, yeah, I would think it gives the DV more of an advantage than if they're lined up facing him and have to turn and like rough. Like, yeah, yeah. But it takes but, away like the jam at the line of scrimmage too. You're not jamming in one on one. Anytime your backs to the ball, you're in a disadvantage. So I, I think eight out of twelve, like as a defense, you'd probably want to get get it down to like like we we should five or six, yeah, five or six, like half, yeah. And eight might be one more rep, and you know you should be thinking because the offense, if you can see it, you can time up the jump and you can go high point it. So you're always going to be slightly more advantage, but. Those DBs do work that, like nonstop grabbing the wrists, um, uh, sticking the hand in between, all, all, all that shit. So you, they know how, it's not like they don't know how to do it and they aren't coached. But yeah, mm-hmm. offense definitely has a slighter edge, I, I'd say. Um, Chuck, you can find it on this very YouTube channel that you're watching right now. Uh, just go to YouTube.com/slash Bearcat Journal. If you click on, if you're having trouble finding it. Click on the videos tab, uh, and it'll be right there. It'll be one of the first ones. Wow. Chuck Norris, listening to our podcast. That is awesome. We've made it. I'm not messing with that guy. And look, have, if Chuck Norris asked a question, I'm putting the question on the screen, answer. and I'm fucking answering it. Got to answer Like, it. everything else can stop. Got to absolutely answer it. Um, backing up, Godfather, is it? Is that, like, Dom, Hunt, Derek Shepard? Is it kind of just seeing who... Yeah, uh, Jalen Hunt has been has flashed a couple times. Uh, Dominique Perry, I haven't seen a ton. I don't know if he's got his reps limited as they just make sure that he's you know healthy. Yeah. Um, but but Shep, uh, Shep and Shep and uh, Hunt. Uh, no, uh, Gavin. Yeah. Had a little exchange today. Uh, on the sidelines. Okay. Uh, Gavin thought that that Shep was maybe. Uh, what level only... is it though? What what level was it? It was about a seven and a half. Almost <laughs> we... got to a nine. It it almost became a Donnie Brook. Like well, it was after like after the ones had come out. So Shep was rotating in with the ones, and they were like coming off the field together, and uh, I, I think you know Gavin said something. Uh, about how he felt that he was uh, being uh, illegally contacted with the hands mm. and uh, Shep objected and then Gavin went to show him and then Shep kindly said, sir, I don't appreciate you uh, jostling me like that. Uh, and then it, and then and then, you know, it was there, it got a little a little heated and then it got broken up and they both went their separate ways. But so uh, certainly more than an agree to disagree, but yeah, there there was not an agree to disagree moment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, but it didn't turn into a Donnie Brook. It was just a uh, there, there was the there was the disagree. There was just never the agree to disagree. Okay, it sounds it sounds like there was more than a kerfuffle, but uh, yeah, well, I, I think kerfuffle might be like right about right about where we were at. If it would have went even an inch farther, it would have progressed beyond kerfuffle. But I think kerfuffle is an accurate uh, indication of the situation. Feathers were certainly ruffled. Ruffled. Yeah, yeah. Ruffled. 
Ruffle the kerfuffle. Ruffle the feathers. Ruffle the kerfuffle. Uh, Royer, I want to hear the, the biggest Donnybrook situation you had during your time at uh, Camp Higher Ground. Oh, my God. Uh, I I don't know. I didn't really – I got into it with Wiley one time during a, a – That sounds about right. During a – I'm going to be honest. Punt return. That's the motherfucker I miss the most because Josh <laughs> and I just always went at each other. Like it was all yeah. in good fun, but like I miss like I don't have Josh around to like make me laugh in the middle of practice as <laughs> like he either dropped a pass and I gave him shit or he made a big play and he walked back by me and he let me know like right about that or like I yeah. I miss I genuinely miss, of all the people that I miss I miss Josh yeah. Josh is a great time, dude. He he was a, a hell of a guy to practice against. I went get up against him for like four years, but talk shit. He, he plays a little, little chippy, and so it's fun to compete against him. And if you can get under his skin, it's kind of funny sometimes. But that's oh, kind of what happened. He's once. west side to the core. He, he's ready to fight. Yeah, yeah. Like Josh he, is always ready to throw hands. Yeah, <laughs> usually yeah, with me, like, and I'm like, I yeah. no. I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's got about a nine-inch reach on you. Yeah. Josh, Maybe, like, yeah probably Josh, more. Josh likes to scrap. He likes yeah. to talk, too. It's it's fun. Makes for some fun practices sometimes. There you go. There you go. I So, um, moving on, I, I think we've got to touch on the rest of the D-line. It, it, Eric Phillips sounds like he's showing out pretty well. I'm kind of filling in that 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 end role like he did this past season, maybe even more. Juwan Briggs had a had some high high words to say about him. I I also liked when Briggs said that he's trying to be the, a sheepdog more than the shepherd, which is a pretty uh, deep and Juwan Briggsy thing to say. I feel like, it's but very um, yes, yes, he's got to be the most philosophical person on this team at this point, right? <laughs> right. He might Just, be the most philosophical person in the history of UC football. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, I turned into Mike Tomlin right in front of our eyes. I yeah, I just was surprised he didn't sing it in like you know the uh, responsorial psalm saying he wants to be the uh, she- sheep dog instead of the shepherd. But I agree that's the that's the best way to lead these guys. Um, and if, if Phillips can take that next step and becoming that that rush end type uh, opposite of uh, DG as everyone calls him, that'd be awesome to see. Um, but as far a, as he hit yeah. a quick on Saturday, he hit a quick like engaged the tackle and then hit a like kind of a reverse spin inside back to the middle. That's like, that's a, it's an, like a, a pro quote unquote, it's a pro move yeah. to where you, you know, you get the offensive lineman to kind of engage you and then you're back inside. And it was like, Ooh, like, and I said something to him afterwards. I was like, I saw that little, that little reverse spin. You saw that. You saw that. Like, yeah, like, okay, you're working on the moves. I see Walt. See, Walt's got you in the lab, working on a couple <laughs> different things. Like, I, Roy, when you played with him, what, one year or two? Uh, two. He, he is such a sweet kid. Like, oh, yeah, he's the best. His intentions are like, guy. his heart's in the right place. He's trying to be great. Um, he's yeah. getting better progressively because of the way he works. Like, I, I, I'm an Eric, a diehard Eric Phillips man. Yeah, he deserves everything. Uh-huh. I, would you agree the scheme kind of fits perfectly with his game? How how he yeah. can be more aggressive, get downfield. 
Yeah, and, I think it plays in Rick all Havoc. those guys' games. It's yeah. it's a great. Uh, as long, uh, just well, hopefully that okay. Walt and uh, Brown can be on the same page. I'm, I bet they will be, and making sure they got let's, got the guys running running downhill like that. That D line is a downhill ball, ass line. Let's talk ball. Yeah, let's talk, let's ball. talk ball. I think this is why. I don't. I I like Mike Trestle. I thought Mike Trestle was a good defensive coach. I thought Mike Trestle coached this defense without a feel for what made this defense great and the type of guys that have been recruited to play defense here, which are, I want to rip your face off. And I thought there was too much sit back and read and react, which there's, if you recruit to that, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think you are seeing these guys on defense, especially the guys that have been here, kind of have that look of like, okay, this is what we signed up for. This is what we came here to do, pin the ears back and go attack the football. And I didn't think, like, when you talk to guys about playing for Trestle, I think they liked him. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, he's a good, like, he's genuinely a good dude. I always had good interactions and exchanges with him. But I think they felt like this isn't who we are. This isn't the Black Cats, if you will. It was a his version of that, which was not as uh, attacking. And I think you can see in their eyes, you can see when you're talking to them, that they're like, okay, we get to go back to, maybe it's, it's not Freeman's system, but it's close enough that they feel like, Let's go. Let's get downhill. Let's go lay some hitting. You know, let's go lay some hurt on somebody. Brian yeah, Brown took him off a leash. Yeah, and that's you know that's what you want. You want your players to feel that way. Um, and just I know I know we've talked about this before, being that Trestle. I think sometimes people forget that like it wasn't it was a three headed monster at defense when it came to play calls and scheme. It was sure. Trestle. Fickle and um, Hitchler. That and like they were like they were bouncing calls around all game, and so it wasn't just all Trestle's kind of word in on what they were going to be doing and what they were running during the game. Um, but I I do I do somewhat understand what you're saying, and it is we were like granted we were still really aggressive, and I just, just not I as aggressive was, as Martin when yeah. Marcus was here. And I, I think sometimes we weren't as aggressive because, like, we didn't need to, like, have a numbers game to win. Like, we didn't – Yeah, like, you were better than the offense yeah. every and night had, out. And, and we had we had a really good secondary, so we knew we knew we could, like, trust in them, that we didn't have to pressure, that we were going to have guys on bodies for long periods of time. And so we were able to kind of, you know, play a little bit more schematically, a little bit more, you know, let's – Let's play. Let's let's not try to just you know out physical and out aggressive sure. and out like blitz blitz the O line and just havoc right. them because I think we kind of knew our guys were good enough to do that like without like a like a getting getting extra uh, extra guy getting extra guy on pressure. So, but I I agree. Like I do think yeah. Like it did sometimes it did feel like we weren't as like like creating like chaos in terms of like how many guys we were sending, but. 
statistically we had just as many like quote unquote havoc plays as we did with Freeman. So, you know, take it. I think it just seemed like guys felt like with free, like they were off, like they were off the leash. Like they weren't, they weren't hanging out on the porch waiting for somebody to come in the yard. Mm -hmm. They were, they were going and getting that guy that was on the sidewalk. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like don't, that don't not just don't come in my yard, but don't get on my sidewalk. Like stay your ass on the other side of the street. Yeah, and that's what happens because it's hard. You know, sometimes when you got you got guys like DP, Myjay that are like these just gamer baller guys that are just aggressive, just always want to be going. And usually too aggressive. Play, yeah, <laughs> they're playmakers and they 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 love making plays. And so like that, they want to do that every down. They don't want to take breaks right. off. And it's kind of like. It's like, hey, guys, remember, like, we got, like, 11 of you guys now in the field. Like, we don't need to, like, scheme up, like, all this crazy-ass shit to get you guys uh, pressures, to get yeah. you guys. So, it, it – it, but, like, they – it's hard, you know, when you're – it's hard to wrap your mind around that as a player, especially when you're, like, in the heat of the game and you're you're in the heat of the scheme during the week. Like, you're you're just, like – you just want to go – you want to go fucking let's, – let's send the dogs, like you said. So, I think it was kind of – I, I think it – it's somewhere in the middle of like that combination. And also, yeah, like I think we did kind of take our foot off the gas a little bit, but I think there was reason around it. Yeah. It's understandable. Like, yeah. you know, the, 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 the level of talent changed. Yeah. Like, but Hey man, again, I'm just as great everywhere. As you yeah. for, for Brian Brown this year. Oh yeah. I just to see what kind of, what kind of crazy ass shit he's got. I mean, you, there's a great question in the mailbag that I really want to hear your answer for because I don't know that I like. I'm not a. I'm, yeah, Callie yeah. wants to hear your answer too. Amen. Uh, <laughs> you know, you go from the second best coach in all of college football, regardless of position, uh, to to what Brian Brown's going to bring. So it's, it's going to be a lot of exciting, a lot of excitement to see what uh, what this defense looks like now. Um, but outside of that, a little friendly jab to the. That whole staff, but anyway, uh, outside of that, next uh, next linebackers, you know, we've heard we've heard a lot about Dorian Jones, who seems to be really coming on DG constantly. Every single member of the uh, staff mentions DG when they talk about the defense. Aaron, you were able to take it in an Adonis though, and Adonis was was on the field when you were there on Saturday. I I, I mean, what was it like to be in the presence of an Adonis? Like I said, I mean, there was when you're when you're playing in cells when you're doing a lot of install. There's you get a good not, look at that Adonis feature. Maybe you should have been there, man. That that's <laughs> a I think that's a crutch, Aaron. There was less install on Saturday than there was any other day. I still thought that there was plenty of install. Well, it's day three of camp, right? So I mean, call it what you will. There was more eleven. On Saturday, than there. Yeah, there was there was some of that, Um, but if I'm being completely honest, uh, largely I was probably paying more attention to the offense than I was the defense, and also having to look back and forth on the sheet to see who's doing what for every play (laughs) is maddening. Uh, And and then we even found out that one of the players was just wearing a different number that day. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there should be an old. I I don't think Malik Van even had a number on his jersey. So, they gave him a new one today. He finally got a new jersey today because <laughs> the number had been ripped off of his jersey. Uh, so he just had a black plain jersey 
because over the years his practice jersey had been torn to shreds. Year year ten, it, that that jersey's gonna get a lot of wear and tear. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but I it, I thought it was interesting. Satterfield said that Dingle was the fastest player on the team, which uh, might be a bit of a no. stretch, but no. <laughs> a bit of a stretch. But um, when you have someone you know talking about that much, you know. Dorian Jones had a lot of good things to, to say about him that raises the intrigue and the excitement level for that second level of the defense. But uh, my question is names in that second unit. I, I just feel like we haven't really heard too much outside of, of DG uh, Dorian Jones and, and uh, Dingle. Jamal Williams made a couple plays today. Um, okay. Found Tommy himself Wilson's in a position good. where like free run at the quarterback. Uh, he looked good. So he's one I'm keeping an eye on. Okay. Uh, we've mentioned kind of D- DG's position a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, whatever the dog or whatever. Right. Right. Um, so he's looked pretty good there. I'm excited to see like when they get like, where does, and it's probably, I, I guess, unfortunately it's not going to be this year because of the nature. Like I think sincere Lewis is going to be Ooh. a beast in this defense. Um, okay. <clears throat> a name that in terms of, uh, what he looks like physically, mm-hmm. uh, Kyrie Moiston, yeah, the Virginia tra- Tech transfer. Yep, he's 6'4, 240 pounds, and literally looks like he could probably tie his shoes with like very little bend. Okay, like he is long. Um, haven't seen him pop a whole lot yet, right? But the physical tools you like, you, you know, when he walks onto the field. It's one of those like, so at like Aaron's right in that there's so many like there's 33 new guys, right? So you're constantly like, who's that? Who's that? Who's right. that? Like he walked out onto the field with the second team, and it was like, wait, like the record skipped a little bit, and you're like, what? What kind? Of, where did that dude come from? Mm-hmm. And it's him. Um, actually, a guy that is it, over the past two days has started to really catch my eye Yep, is new Mexico transfer Dion Hunter. Okay. Um, he has been involved in some plays. Now what throws me off about him is he's wearing 42, which was okay. Malik Van's old number. So when you okay. see, when I see 42, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's Malik. Malik lost a lot of weight. Uh, but, but he's a guy that's made, some plays here over the last two days that are, that, that, you know, starting to stand out. Um, Kalen Carroll, uh, second yep. year defensive back has started to flash some Oliver Bridges is getting a lot of run with the twos at safety. Oh, nice. Um, okay. He's the guy that Nico, like he was, he, he was the iron bear, one of the iron Bearcats. Yep. He which was kind of, which kind of caught everybody off guard. Like who's that? Aaron was like, that's OB Oliver Bridges. Um, so, uh, there are guys that are starting to line up on that second team. Um, mm-hmm. Tyler Gillison. Yeah. Gilly. Gilly looks good. Also in that dog position, kind of nice. rotating in and out with the, with the twos with Jamal Williams. He's made a couple plays. He made a couple plays Saturday. Um, so it's, it's stacking, but it's early in camp. Like the farther along we go, the more, you know, some of that stuff is going to start to materialize. Yeah. 
probably lean pretty heavily on Dorian Jones and, and Dangle for the most part, I would imagine, right? At linebacker, yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. At least first team. Like, th- those yeah. aren't – those aren't generally, especially if you have, like, a legitimate these are our two guys. Yeah. They're not coming off the field a whole lot. Like, you're not doing 1A, 1B True. with your two middle linebackers, really. True. Um, so, Ivan Pace has been – really making waves for the Minnesota Vikings is is DP ready to become that that defensive player on the black cats that kind of just rises up and everyone's like wow this is the absolute stud of this defense making plays you know unanimous first team all big 12 you know just kind of just uh and and kind of the heartbeat of the defense if you will if if you had to say take taking out the, the defensive line for the most part. Well, I, I mean, there was, I think Chad asked uh, Deshaun while we were there at camp on Saturday uh, when we were interviewing Deshaun, yeah. but uh, he, he asked Deshaun if he felt like this defense was designed for him specifically. And yeah. he had a grin that went from ear to ear when he was asked that question, because he knows it's not designed for him, but he also knows the way he fits in this defense. And I think right. that he's running around and he looks like Deshaun of old. He looks like Deshaun two years ago. And mm-hmm. obviously when some of the talent drops off from around you, things kind of level out a little bit, but yeah. I, I think that he's got an opportunity this year to be that guy again. I, I think that the way he's looking already, I mean, you saw him during the spring game right. and then we were seeing him, even in camp already, um, I believe day one of camp he had two picks. Uh, yep. He looked good on Saturday. Um, there's not a doubt in my mind he looked good without having read anything or, or watched any of the videos today. I, today I, there's yeah. not a doubt in my mind that he looked good again today because the dude knows football. He flies around to the football, mm-hmm. and I think that he's got an opportunity in this star position to do just that. And then in in his interview after practice, that I, I thought it was awesome to hear. They said, you know, "Who is your favorite to go up one on one in in pass coverage?" And he said, "Number zero, Braden Smith." And just calling out who's been arguably the biggest star, yeah, so far of uh, of, of fall camp, and saying that you know that's your favorite to go up against is is pretty awesome to hear. Um, so he said he likes the challenge, and yeah. I, that's not something you hear a lot of guys say too often. I don't think not at all. Not at all. Um, one one guy I was interested to hear, kind of if if it's been more of a like competition uh, or kind of what what things have have led to, and 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 Chad's you know taking care of things right now. But um, I'm I'm here. Okay, <laughs> is that uh, the, the kid? The kid has food poisoning. So normally when we record, the puppy goes upstairs yeah. with Kelsey, right? And she's zonked out and not able to take care of the puppy. So I'm on double duty right now. The double um, duty. Um, single dad life, baby. There we go, baby. Uh, Taj Ward, obviously getting getting a lot of talk at safety. Is is DJ Taylor still back there competing? I yeah. know he was he was turning heads a lot in spring. Haven't really heard. He's made some plays. Much. Yeah. Like there, there's been multiple times where like five is right in the middle of the action. I probably should have mentioned him uh, with the twos, but I think it's because he's splitting. Yeah. Where sometimes it's with the one, sometimes it's with the twos. So my brain doesn't yet equate him to a one or a two. Right. Right. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely made some plays. Okay. He had he he had Ryan, he had one of the dreaded, the dreaded occurrences today. 
so they were working on uh, at the very end of practice. So like, you know, two and two hours and 20 minutes in, they're working on uh, like Hail Mary jump balls. And Xavier Henderson goes up, high points it, brings it down. As he's bringing it down, DJ Taylor like lands and knocks the ball away. But as he lands, both calves cramp. Oh, God. And hits the deck. And like you just saw instantly, like he's grabbing. It looks like he's grabbing his hamstrings, but he's grabbing on both legs. So you yeah. know exactly what's happening. Uh, get, walk us through a double calf cramp. <laughs> well, what happens is when you're uh, obviously your muscles get your they get tight because it's super high, you're dehydrated, and just the force of like jumping up and landing down like that, especially those guys, how high they get up there, it just like your muscles contract really quickly and they just spaz out without that freaking enough water in them. And it is just like it almost feels like you tear your Achilles, but then you briefly and then you kind of right. just you kind of like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, but I'm still in a lot of pain. And it's just the, like, just lay down on the ground. You just want to immediately, I would always just put my legs in the air, just get them off the ground, just get all. I don't even think he could initially. Like, I don't like, it it was like, it was both of them. Like when it's one, you can just like, like you just stick that leg up, like cramp, cramp, but it was both of them. So like, as he was trying to get one up, the other one would like, would catch and like, he was rolling back the, like he looked like a turtle on its back. <laughs> they catch them in, a, in a sus position, man. Yeah. <laughs> to get them on film. Sum oh, it yeah. Up, sum I'm it sure out. it was on film. I'm sure it was on film. Ryan, how many uh, cramps in the night were, were dudes getting out there at camp? I mean, there's bad, there were scary ones, like the full body ones where they have to put them in the cold tub. And they, they were like trying to think that they need to call the ambulance, but. It was always like it was always like that first in the night, first middle of the night. No, they I mean, like to a cold tub. Oh, middle of the night while you're night? sleeping. Yeah. Oh, ah. I never heard about any of that. You guys probably hydrated enough, dude. I used to. <laughs> yeah. my, I still get calf cramps in the middle of the night. That's too drink, much alcohol and not enough water. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I mean this this thing was your full. ratio. Your ratio and is this off. Thing, yeah, I just. <laughs> You're drinking that the one the, the dark one and the light one is is is, is full. Barely. Yeah. You barely, had a sip of the water. Sense. A sip of the water. That's that why you're sense. cramping in the middle. That of the makes night. sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Sammy Anderson, Jordan Young. You know you mentioned Kalen Carroll a lot, which is awesome to hear. Uh, but but Sammy is is he next in the long line of cornerbacks Sammy's that have just great. really actually I was talking cut. to somebody today. Jordan has been good, yeah. but it doesn't feel like he's been as dominant as he was in the spring. But then you also have to remember in the spring, the wide receiver room didn't look like this. So right. of course, with less talent, he's going to look more dominant. Look at you now mixing in the water. There you go. Peer pressure's a bitch. Yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm knocking on wood too. I'm feeling cramped tonight for sure. <laughs> um, but uh Jordan's still been good. It's just you know, guys are, are making more plays than they did on him in the spring. Yeah, because he's guarding better guys. Yeah. Um, but Sammy has been Sammy's been fantastic. He's had a great camp, but you know, great first week essentially of camp. I'll I'll tell you one thing. Jordan Young does not miss a day in the weight room. I'll I'll say that much, nope. man. Sheesh. Nope. He's on the Ryan Royer plan. He is, man. 
Golly, eight pack, dude. Don't don't talk about no six pack. Got the eight pack. Hey, I, I go to the gym. It just doesn't look like. It. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, tell me tell me about Bryce Burton, Ryan. How's Bryce been doing at camp? I think Bryce is sad, man. He's lonely. All his all his guys are gone. Dingles DQ'd. Um, <laughs> Will was telling me that he was just calling him just all the time, just like just wanting to talk to someone. <laughs> Will Adams, I should say. But um, yeah. I think I, I haven't got a call from him yet, so I have to check back in and kind of see how he's doing. But, you know, still going I talked for to him at, um, I talked to him the the practice at Nipper, the first practice at Nipper Wednesday. So he's doing uh-huh. well. Just, you know, he's a little frustrated that, you know, he can't go anymore. But uh, it looked like using this kind of as a potential springboard into coaching. Um going forward so like he was in good spirits um you know you know that shit is man like when it ends way earlier than you want it to end like it gets to you but it it seemed like he was handling it pretty well yeah there we go i know i would i i feel bad for dingle but because he he had so much potential i mean you saw it on the field yeah great opportunity great athlete um there's just something about those dingles, man. You know, you no, know. no fear in that dude either. <laughs> yeah. Golly. Um, the uh, other thing about Bryce is Bryce is trying to win that uh, kickoff spot. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully we could see him out there on the tee. He takes. Yeah, he had a rough. Off. He had a rough day yesterday, Royer. Oh really? God. Yeah. He's got to lock in, man. Tell him that. It was it was a, was a, at least partially responsible for a couple of blocked field goals. No way. Uh, yeah, he's I'm the holder. Surprised he didn't so. call me. <laughs> he he got he, he got he got some heat. Uh, but then they snap back today. They, the 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 process, the mechanics were were on point today. So whatever they fixed yesterday after uh, getting into film, Bryce Bryce made it happen. So good. How I, I don't has- think he understands when I tell him. I want a Bryce Burton, Ryan Royer podcast. I think he <laughs> thinks that I mean, I want him to be a guest on this podcast. And I'm like, no, I want you to host a podcast after you graduate with Ryan Royer. I would do that. Yeah, that would, that would be, that would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we like, we would call it the, just a two word, very simple podcast. Talking ball, talking ball. <laughs> With yeah. Bryce Burton and Ryan Royer. Sounds great. And he's like, I'm I'm ready to come on whenever you want me to come on. I'm like, Bryce, yeah. I don't I can't do that to you. We got bigger plans for you, Bryce. Like, I can't do that to you while you're still here. Yeah. Because you're gonna say some dumb shit and we're all gonna get in trouble. <laughs> oh, well, man. Me and him together, we won't say anything bad. No, I mean while he's a student still. I need him to be out of the umbrella. I need them to be under our umbrella so you guys can say whatever you want. That's the whole point of having a Bryce Burton, Ryan Royer podcast because you guys can talk ball. Anything goes with this umbrella. Right. So Let's go. I don't want to get him in trouble because I'm trying to protect him. <laughs> let's, uh, let's close up with Carter Brown. Uh, have we, how's, how's the, how's the pulse been with that? Uh, he's, he's, he's developing. Um, yeah. You know, I'm starting to see a little bit more pop. I'm starting to see a little bit more like like drive. 
it felt like at times he was maybe trying to like not miss mm-hmm. where a little bit more air a little a little safe right um but they're asking him hey hit this from 55 mm-hmm. hit this from 50 and i think he's learning i can't finesse yeah a 50 yard kick you got to drive into that thing and and get yep. some pop so I, I think you're starting to see him um be a little bit more aggressive in his kicking style. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the beautiful thing about the, the the way that he like naturally kicks is out to 40 yards, there's height, there's distance, there's accuracy, um, you know, all the way out to that like 40, 45 yard range. Right. I think where they're trying to work on him is let's get you a little bit more, like a little more drive into those like 45, that 55. Let's, Let's make you a weapon out to 50 okay. to where we feel confident when you come in, like you're going to be able to give us a kick from 47 to 52 yards. Um, I think we're seeing some progress there, but on those kicks right in like 40, 42, 43, like he's money on pretty much everything inside from there. Uh, just because he's got great loft on the kick. He's got good accuracy. He's got good distance. Uh, today, instead of it like looking like the McDonald's arches, if you've been out to higher ground, he was putting it like into the tower. Okay. So uh, I felt I felt a little better about the way that I saw him kick today. Um, but you know, Ryan will tell you some of those guys when they first get out there and that pressure's on them at the end of practice, like it's in their head. They're trying not to screw up in front of the group. And yesterday they had him from 50, 54, 55 yards. And the first one was a little short. The second one was a little left. The third one was a little right. Like it's in his, it it gets in your head. Like Mm -hmm. that making 55 yard field goals is not uh, easy. Do you think any of that can be attributed though, to kicking in a desert versus kicking in the Ohio river Valley? Maybe some. Where and and where you're probably right on that, Aaron, is those kicks from 42 or 43 here are probably good from 48 kicking in the desert. Right, because you're kicking through nothing as opposed right. to humidity. Swamp. 88% you're humidity. Right. right. You're kicking some into it, a cloud. Why are my just, balls going shorter? Some of it also is you're probably dealing with a questionable holder. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's what we determined last year when we had all those. Was it two years ago? Yeah, we had all was pretty damn good last year. Yeah, two years ago, you had problems. Yeah, it was because it was the spot. That's why Mason put me as the spot coach because Bryce was messing up where he was spotting the ball. And so the kickers weren't striking on the ball where they thought they would be. Yeah. So you got to get sense. a spot coach out there at higher ground. There we go. Um, make, a, make a call, Ryan. Yeah, let's just make a quick call. Uh, obviously, a lot more to come. This is just one one weekend. We've got a lot more next next Monday. We'll probably dive in next Monday. I want to have a you know hour long conversation about the uh, replacements as gunners on the team, as as well as the potential kickoff return and and punt return guys. So um, very excited. We, about we that. might have a guest next Ooh. Monday. I don't know. Okay. If we do, it'll be a fun one. I think one okay. that I think people would be very excited for. So. There we go. We'll leave it at that. Um, but uh, 
we're gonna go ahead and timestamp this. Unless you guys have anything else, we, we we've gone full in depth on 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 practice up to this point. But you you don't you're done talking about practice. Practice, man. No, I I talking I about practice. Hours. <laughs> Real quick, tease us with the tease us with a gunner. Stevens asking. Tease us with. with I, I don't know yet. Like they okay. haven't done a ton of like live hunt go. yet. So okay. okay. Um, I, I would guess Justin Harris is going to be one of those guys. Maybe mm-hmm. bump. Okay. Um, we'll see. Okay. Uh, Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low, minimum, next-day deliveries, <clears throat> providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick. 513-470-2029 in reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Dang. Aaron, Chad, how difficult was it to focus on what was going on at the field? Chad, for you, Friday, I, I guess not really necessarily Friday morning practice, but but kind of uh, Friday and Saturday. It wasn't a Friday practice. Oh, well, no Friday practice. So, so Saturday. Friday was travel day. Like move. The oh yeah, yeah. Yep, diagram. So Saturday, with with arguably the craziest Friday, the craziest day in football <laughs> history, maybe you could argue, um, happening on Friday. I I can imagine practice Saturday had a lot of conversation surrounding the happenings of the day before. Aaron, it was it was probably a bit of a bit of a one pointed conversation for a while amongst all the media members. Yeah, there was obviously uh <laughs> no, not not much to talk about. There was I mean there was some of it, but like we didn't we didn't spend all Saturday talking about it, did we? I mean it was it was one of the craziest days ever in college football history. Yeah, we didn't talk about it, I guess, all that much. I, I think I probably talked about it more with, with Keegan than Chad. Um, but even that, I don't know. This is I, just I was, a segue to bring up bring in the topic, but yeah, thoughts on it. That is, is not thoughts. It's too open ended. But okay, clearly Friday, the whole news throughout the whole day, it's already been kind of broken down. What's what's happening? And if you don't know what happened on Friday, then you might live live under a rock. Ryan, you know what happened on Friday, right? It was a crazy Friday. The entire college football landscape pretty much shaken up for the most part. The Pac twelve. Shake it up, uh, additions to the Big 12, additions to the Big 10. It's uh, things are going quite weird. Um, now that things have, have kind of righted ship and we know what's going to happen, uh, Aaron, are you excited? Do you feel weird? Are you kind of pissed off? What's uh, you know, you're kind of a realignment guy, you, you dive a lot into this. You've been been known to, to have strong opinions about the Pac-12 and their uh, horrendous commissioner, but kind of, kind of what's your what's your dr- driving takes now that the dust is pretty much settled? I I don't like it. I don't like anything that's been happening. If I'm being completely honest, in regards to this trend towards twenty, um, as we're we're seeing, uh, I, I think it's absurd to have uh, that many. Um, teams in a conference, uh, especially when everyone's vying for the same prize, whether you're talking about March Madness, whether you're talking about the college football playoff, whether you're talking about the College World Series, whatever the case may be. And now you are, honestly, you're, you're putting the teams that are 
uh, non-Olympic sports in a precarious position, uh, especially those West Coast teams that have most of their uh, most of their conference in the Midwest to East Coast. Um, that's all to get the football dollars for the midnight games. Um, the Big Ten doesn't make a bit of sense to me. That's hold on. Let me let me let me state something there. That midnight dollar for the Pac-12 games is ultimately, in large part, at the, the in large part responsible for the demise of the Pac-12 because they focused everything on that. Yeah. Guess what? You don't have to start games at seven o'clock at night. No. You can Some start interest- games at noon. In the on the West Coast, and you would twelve thirty. You would be in the three thirty time slot. Like we could have USC Oregon at three thirty. We could have USC Oregon at seven at seven thirty. And instead, they went all in on ten thirty, eleven o'clock games. And guess what? Unless you're gambling, nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. You know why? Because people sleep. And you focused your entire, like, core of your conference, the entire visibility of your conference on a time when everybody on the East Coast is going to fucking bed. <laughs> like, why weren't you playing games at 3.30 on the East Coast? Why weren't you playing games at 7, 8 o'clock on the East Coast? Your teams would have been in the mix. We would have started watching and paying attention to more Pac-12 football. But instead, you played the majority of your TV games when everybody was like, hey, I've been watching football for 13 hours. I'm going to sleep. No shit people stop caring about you. And you put it on a bullshit network that no one could watch. Well, I mean, a lot of that was on ESPN. And the fans that don't even then, go to the, game, to the damn bed. games. Right. If their their own local markets don't give a shit about them, why the hell would we? Well, so I saw somebody on Twitter who posted an interesting question, so I want to pose it here. But how interesting is it that ESPN and Fox did not want to pay the Pac-12 at you know roughly 30, 30 we'll, we'll say thirty eight million um, to make it higher than what the the Big Twelve was because they they were willing to pay the Big Twelve money. Mm-hmm. We already know that. Uh, but but you're now seeing. ESPN and Fox ready to pay with Parada and all of that, ready to pay the Pac-12 teams as much money for joining, whether it be the ACC, whether it be the Big Ten, whether it be the SEC, whoever, or the Big 12 now, uh, that same money. That's um, how bad the Pac-12 was managed. I We will I agree. pay your teams that money just not to do it with you. <laughs> it's It's insane. Um, I mean, it's, it's so mismanaged as you guys have mentioned. And then the fact that, that, you know, they come out with that quote unquote TV deal, the old, you know, Apple TV deal. And that's just another disgrace. I, Friday morning, of course, was the whole, uh, Oregon and, and Washington are staying put, you know, the talks yeah, have died down a little bit. Oregon and Washington. Right, exactly. It's like a as a distraction, as a smoke screen, uh, while they were finalizing a deal with the Big Ten. Yeah, one from a golf course, right? Or, or was that <laughs> days after? He was so concerned about staying with the Pac-12. He was like, "You know what I'm doing this morning? I'm going fucking golfing. golfing. We're good. 
We are good. If you haven't seen that picture, it's it's uh, look up Steve Howarda. He's the chairman of Oregon's board of, tr- of trustees. Unbelievable. It, it's I I heard about it on the College Football Inquirer podcast, and then it doesn't do justice until you look at some of the pictures that Stuart Mandel had had uh, tweeted. One when he's coming out of a bunker, like literally, he's in a bunker with the. Uh, it's insane. I, that's a incredible Whoa. image. Incredible image. What? Reds related. Hold on. Tyler Scott is reportedly thought to be the best young receiver to enter the NFL in the past 15 years by Randy Moss. Moss also said it's not even close and that every owner in the NFL should be pissed they passed on him. I saw somebody say that exact same quote about a different receiver today, so I wonder if that's just copy pasta at this point. Okay. 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 Well, no, the guy calls himself a super legit NFL insider. Yeah, it was retweeted by Ben Bryant. Ben Bryant got duped. Ah, Ben. Ah, yes, I I do see Bartholomew uh, Willijax also. Super legit NFL insider is what he calls himself. Is is that who it is? Bartholomew? Yeah, super legit NFL insider. Never mind. I take it back. Sorry. I'm an idiot. No, let's run with it. Screw it. Randy Moss is all yeah. in on Tyler Scott. The Bears may have landed a stud, and we know for a fact that they did. They friend did of the stud. program, friend of the pod, Tyler Scott, come on back on, brother. Um, anyway, uh, back to the to the thing at hand. Ryan, sorry, when Ryan sorry. comes back, I want to hear his thoughts as a, as a you know former athlete of kind of just like the the whole feeling because you've seen a lot of of you know. Athletes kind of voice their opinion on it recently. How I, I'm, I'm tired of that shit too. What, These people uh, can fuck off. What? Like I'm only, serious? No, no, like, no. I'm talking about like, the Oregon, I, the Oregon softball. I know. Yeah, yeah. The women's softball player at Oregon is like, I, I'm in the Pac-12, so my mom can go see my games. Your mom's going to Oregon. Like your mom's going from Oregon to Arizona to watch your games. Your mom's going from Oregon to Utah to watch your games. Like, guess what? The flights aren't that different. Than what you're you're going to be facing now, honey. It, it's it, it's it, it, nobody gave a shit when Cincinnati was left for dead. Like, I'm, I'm heated more. over this topic. Nobody gave a shit when Cincinnati was left for dead when the Big East imploded and they had to go to the American and they were left out of the power structure and they had just had two of the best years in program history. They finished a, a top five finish. They went to an orange bowl. They went to a sugar bowl. Sugar bowl. Yeah. Like they won the big East after Brian Kelly left. Butch Jones won the big East. Like, and, and, and the big East fell apart. And I didn't see a single one of these national assholes bat an eyelash that Cincinnati got left behind. They didn't give a fuck that Cincinnati got left behind. Didn't care. Yeah. Didn't give one damn. And now, now, because Oregon State and Washington State get left behind, you're mad? Kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. I'm livid over the, the way that this has been treated. I Ryan, uh, I agree with you, you on, doing, on yeah. those and that standpoint that kind of like the woe is me mentality with like some teams. But I, I do feel bad for the athletes because it's completely out of their control. Sure, um, I, it just, like I, I, I'm talking more about the yeah. response to it all. Yeah, 
and it's like it's it just seems like college sports is just going down a slippery slope of you got NIL, which is great for the athlete. It's right. good athletes can do that, but and then you got these this like mega conferences formed around TV deals, the transfer portal. Just, yeah, it just it's turning it. What what's going to happen is you're opening when you open the door for more freedom for the athlete. What's going to happen is corporations and the NCAA and people trying to middleman that are just going to find more ways to become leeches to the system, and that's what I feel like is happening. You're just everything's about. But Aaron, it's sport. Orion, it's sports. Like it's it's. I know. It just like the dollar controls everything. I just think there needs to be like a, a limit, and like now, like the dollar controlled the, the implosion of the Pac-12, partly because they couldn't manage it themselves, and just partly because of greed. And well, you do there needs you to do be have, common sense, and yeah. football needs to split. You shouldn't like, have like 20, 20 teams. Literally, you could literally invite the freaking two teams left out of the Pac-12 and just do East versus West in the Big Ten and just play in the Rose Bowl for the championship, and you're doing yeah, that's exact what we're talking about. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's well, it's it's crazy, more, Ryan. You you, you go can, to twenty, you go to twenty, Aaron, and you make one half of it the Big Ten, the Big Ten. The, the other half, half of it, the Pac-10, the Pac-10, Pac-10, and you play yeah. the championship game in the Rose Bowl, Bowl. called weird. Call and there you, yeah, and there you go. You're set. You just, you just have to make sure the sun is setting at the start of the fourth quarter. Sure, That's all you got to make sure is happening. Uh, it, which is hilarious. Which I love that the college football inquiry is beating that you know that dead horse is is the fact that the big the the Rose Bowl commission was just freaking out, saying that they couldn't move the time slot. Because they right. needed that that sunsetting. Well, now the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. And yeah, it, that. you know what? It hit me pretty hard today when I saw that the American Athletic Conference reached out to the remaining Pac-12 members Let's about merge. about adding them <laughs> to, to the AAC. That's when it hit me like, oh Merger. my gosh, that is that is nuts. Uh, and I, they 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 answered the phone and they said, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna need." We're not going to do that, but we're going to need like four of your teams. So, like, uh, can you please hold? Like, here, here's the hold music, and we'll get back to you when, <laughs> when we need to talk. Uh, SMU, Tulane, Memphis. Like, we're we're yeah. coming for a couple of your guys, but you know, it's I, I, it's it's insanity. I, I hope they like Apple. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Um, I I guess my thought is, uh, you know. GMAC, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. The national media portrayed it as Cincinnati was never worthy of being a Power 5 or a, a BCS school at the time. Yeah, They were never worthy of being a BCS school to begin with. Uh, fuck them. We're back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, a thousand percent. Like, just, like, miss me. Miss me on your sorriness, your sadness for Stanford and Cal, who don't give a damn about, like, really competing in high-level sports. Miss me with Oregon State and Washington State. Like, just, no. Like, kiss my ass. Like, I watched how everybody reacted when Cincinnati got punted back to – they got relegated back to the minor leagues, and nobody cared. Nobody gave a damn. Put put Natalie's comment up, please. 
Temple versus Washington State at midnight at Melatonin Dufflin Park. <laughs> Cincinnati just is just a great. way bigger sports sports town and way bigger college sports town than every single one of the teams that the media yeah. is kind of bitching People about. Here care. Yes, They're you're I, you're every bit right with that. I agree with you. I yeah. just it I just, just makes me mad, Ryan, because I lived it. I like I was I was in the eye of the storm during all of those times, like working here and seeing the reaction and like like you know we didn't have like the the network that we have now but we still had a bunch of like like content similar to this as it was growing but like nobody cared that cincinnati yeah. lost like, in a nobody world, cared that cincinnati yeah. lost in a perfect world since he would have went to uh the, the acc, ACC, ACC and, the yeah. Pac, and the pac 10 would still be around and you wouldn't have this yeah. insanity that's unfolding but I, you know i've I will tell you one thing. It is it is Thank crazy. You, yeah. It, it it is crazy to yeah. be on this side of the fence where you can literally sit back and just watch. And hey, look, Cincinnati's not safe. Nobody's safe. Unless you're Alabama, LSU, Texas AM, Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio Michigan. State. Yeah. Like nobody nobody's fucking safe. Right. Because I don't agree with the notion, and I'll, I'll get into the second part of my rant which I've been formulating in my brain all day. And this is what you guys have to deal with because I don't like Mo doesn't take days off in August. So I don't get to do them on the radio and get them out of my system before I get here. Right. But people talk about like the NFL model in college, like getting down to 30 teams. Well, here's what people need to remember about the NFL model, the NBA model, the major league baseball, the pro sports model. Those leagues started at eight whatever and grew to 16 and grew to 24 and grew to 30 or like there was a constant expansion guess what college sports has expanded for a hundred years there's 60 relevant teams (laughs) i think ultimately you end up probably in a situation where you get four conferences with 16 teams um yeah. What, what I think would be the right thing to do when you got to that point would be to say, okay, we're going to redraft. Like, we, we fucked up. We let this get out of hand. Here are the four leagues, ESPN, Fox, NBC, CBS, like the major players. We're going to redraft, and we're going to get this somewhat back under control. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna redraft a sixteen team West, and we're gonna redraft a sixteen team Midwest, and we're gonna redraft a sixteen team East and a sixteen team South, and we're gonna figure out how to make sixty four work. Guess what? We know how to make sixty four work because we already make sixty four work with the NCAA tournament. Like Never that's a number that already is functioning in college sports. It's a number we're comfortable with. That probably is not going to happen because the lines have already been drawn in the sand. But the, the other, like, people talk about, like, okay, we're going to get to a big two. And it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC. And the Big Ten and the SEC are going to break away, right? This is this is what everybody thinks is going to happen or a lot of people think is going to happen. Guess what? You know what the Big Ten and the SEC have agreed on uh, over the course of 100 years? Not a lot. Fucking nothing. Those people hate each other. 
with the fire of a thousand fucking suns. We're, we're probably not going to get monetized tonight. I don't care. Um, they hate each other with the fire of a thousand suns. They've yeah. never agreed on anything in the history of the existence of either league. You think all of a sudden those two leagues are going to break off and decide that like the, 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 the way that they see things in the South, that the people in the Midwest are going to agree to like, it's a free for all. Fuck it. Everything goes. No, they're not going to do that. Like those two entities are never going to sit down at the table and say, let's play nice. And we're going to agree to do things the exact same way. Yeah. And then we're going to have a championship where the two of us meet. The SEC is going to want it done this way. The Big Ten is going to want it done this way. And when they get at the table to sit down and come to a common ground, they're going to stab each other in the throat. They hate each other. The SEC will say, we want two teams in the championship, and you can only have zero. That's what they're going to say in the end. So I, yeah, right. I, I agree. It's uh, it's uh, Because it's always going to be, we, we are not equal, we are better than you scenario. And That would probably and be a what? better game than the Big Ten. The big And guess yeah. what? We've the seen it play out on the field. <laughs> the SEC is better than the Big Ten. The yeah. Big Ten believes it's better than the SEC. Mm-hmm. That's why they're never going to agree on like ground rules. Yeah. Like they're never going to sit down at a table and go, okay, yeah, we like that. Yeah. Okay. That's good. We'll, we'll agree. Like there are two people that should never be married. Yeah. And, and that's what everybody thinks is going to happen is that those two entities that it, it, they're the Hatfields and the McCoys, basically. There you go for that reference. That was pretty damn good. Um, like they're never going to sit down at a table and say, all right. Yeah. Okay. Check, check, check. We agree on all these things. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. That's, that's not ever going to happen. I I just can't see that. Like, you know, the, the presidents and the chancellors and the board of trustees from all these places in the big 10 that have AAU membership and they believe ESPN and Fox. They believe, yeah, ESPN and Fox is another huge part of it. Like, one is here, one is there. Like, you're going to have to have ESPN and Fox come together and meet in the middle. Who gets the national championship game? Who gets the playoff? Who gets this? Who gets that? Like, it, it, that part is never going to happen. So if if there ever is a split, it's going to be 60-ish teams. Because there's 60-ish teams in the country that have fan bases that care. Yeah. And, and that's where the middle ground comes in. Can we get there? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, it, it's crazy to see as well. You know, people are saying, sorry about waking up your dog, Natalie, but that was a, the, a point of emphasis that I needed to make. If, if the a- ACC can get out of their grant rights somehow, some way, which people are saying is maybe Iron possible clad. now. Right. Iron clad. Right, but somehow people are saying it, it, it's maybe possible they figure out some sort of loophole. But now all of a sudden they're saying, okay, say the the four teams kind of mentioned in the ACC leave. I I've seen talks out there about the the Big Twelve adding everyone from the Pac twelve, adding everyone from the from the uh, remaining ACC and just forming like one massive thirty two. Like it's the, I'm fine the with clocks that. have gotten become insane. three and four, become three and four. Yeah, it just. Be a 32 team conference. And... Yes. Like, okay, we'll do the NFL model. Yeah. Right. You want to do the NFL model? 
Like the Big Ten and the SEC can figure their shit out, but we've got 16, we've got eight and eight and eight and eight and uh, north, south, east, and west, and we're going to do our own thing. And we're going to create our own championship, and there's going to be a bunch of schools with people that care, and, you know, th- those two can do whatever the hell they want to do. Yeah. We've got our own product. Fuck them. This is a nightmare, man. It is, dude. It- they should stop it. I'm telling like they need to split football. They need like they need to get back to where basketball and baseball and the Olympic sports are regional. Even yeah. if you want to like if you want to take men's basketball along and women's basketball along, I love, like, I you're love so like far men's down basketball the conferences though. I know. Those are oh, great. I, this Big 12 is gonna be uh it's gonna That's be so oh, we're, fun, dude. we're about to talk about that. But uh, Ryan it's gonna be so much Ryan, fun. Ryan, we dude. have we have dudes making multi-million dollar decisions. From the golf course, from the from the sand trap. Because Brent, the decision was already made. I know there it was, was no decision. Even still, even still, that's like, what it tells you. If that guy was comfortable enough to go play golf, right, they he told no, the Big Ten yes hours ago, it, the night before. It just say, like there's just no like there's no remorse at all out of out of anyone in any any of these situations. Nope. That it's just like I. And by the way. We're you know next year is when all this craziness is gonna take place. This year, however much you know, damning the whole Big Twelve media days were towards Texas and Oklahoma. Can you imagine how crazy some of those Pac-12 games will be? Some some media, you know, oh, uh, yeah. hospitality. Oh, you guys cannot have your your media meal today during this game, <laughs> like like keeping people away from, oh, no, we are not doing interviews after the game for you guys. Sorry. <laughs> Just, I, like, it's going to be like, it's, it's going to be blood. It's it's crazy. I And I don't know. It, the, the whole thing's just insane. And there should be a movie about it. Uh, I, th- I think Thrifty Walrus was mentioning, you know, John C. Riley and, and Will Ferrell out there. I completely agree with that. Um, <laughs> just, it, it's, it's a laugher. And it's funny because, Aaron, you've been you've been clamoring about it for a while. Like I, I think behind the scenes, quietly, you have been one of the biggest ones, kind of making fun of of, of George K. Uh, go ahead and, and and make fun of him one last time, because right now he's the the poster child for how to run a one hundred and eight year old. Can we call it an well, institution? Like a conference? Before Aaron goes off, let's be clear. Larry yeah. Scott set this in motion. Larry Scott was a fucking disaster. And Brent York or, or, or George Klyakov was just the absolute worst hire to fix the disaster that Larry Scott created because he lied. Like constantly he lied. But Aaron, I'm not going to go off on anything that anybody hasn't said already. I mean, at this point, it, it almost feels like old news, honestly. Um, all I'm going to say is just the fact that the the deal that the Big 12 took is officially it's out and being talked about publicly. Finally, the deal that the big 12 took was the deal that was offered to the PAC 12. They literally like made their own deathbed. They the made their own said, deathbed. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to listen to some more offers. Like, thanks for your offer, but no, you know, we're going to see what else is out there. Not taking the big 12 deal was the nail in the coffin that George Klyakov built in his backyard. <sighs> yep. And, I don't know. I mean, it, it feels good right now to be in the uh, on the in the, the in the cool kids club, but it <laughs> feels like we're we're still not at the cool kids table, right? We're 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 in the club, but we're not at the table. 
And I guess that's where I'm trying not to get too excited, not to get too excited, not to, not to, I'm not out here pounding my chest and and all of that. Like we were, we did it because I I still feel like there's plenty of ground being made up. Yeah. Right. But, and I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. We're not at the finish line. I'm nervous about what is to happen with the ACC. There's too much smoke going around the ACC right now. Something's going to give. And I'm curious to see what that looks like, which is why, when Chad says that everybody should be done at 16, maybe they should, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, yeah. and I, no, I that's think, just my opinion. I don't yeah. think they're going to be done at 16. I just think yeah, that would be a nice stopping point. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if the SEC and Big 12 or Big 10 ultimately both are like, we're each going to 32. Or we're each going to 24. Maybe 24 is like, you know, a, a nice round number with like 12 and 12 where you can split uh, into two two separate entities, essentially. Um, Obviously, I, I would love it if if the SEC wanted to get into Ohio for recruiting purposes via Cincinnati. Um, so that's that's where where I would love to see us end up landing at some point in time. But as for now, we can at least go to bed and know that we are safe as things currently stand. But I'm yeah, yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go. Not every, dancing well, on any graves yet. All, right. all the jokes have already been told, and at this point, the the I think it's it's way more fun to make fun of the Johns because they buried their entire careers, and they're still still oh, somehow Canzano Canzano is deep still in the sauce, somehow right? bootlicking. At in least ways Wilner that I've never is seen. Wilner is kind of backed off a little bit. Mandel's and, talking about talking on out of both sides of his mouth. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what the hell that dude's even doing. I think he's he probably, has to. Well. For New York Times reasons, I'm sure he has to talk about talk out of both sides of his mouth. He wants to keep his job. Yeah, the well, then you shouldn't get involved in this shit. Right. I, Just cover it as it's happening, like not I, as a mouthpiece for one or the other. You know, I had a good time watching or reading Jason Shear bury this uh, Tony Altamore oh, guy. <laughs> God, I love Jason Shear. That is one of my favorite humans on the planet. He's. He is, uh, dude. He's been all over it too. He is, and, and he's 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 one of us. One of us. One of. He will start that he's, shit. He's also, he also actually has good sources as opposed to. Well, that's the, the thing. If you're properly sourced, you can start that. You can talk that shit. Like if you know yeah. what you're talking about and you're talking to the right people, mm-hmm. you can talk that shit like he did because he knew he was right. Yeah. He knew Great. he was right. Agreed. Um, how about this real quick? Uh, all 16 members in the new uh Big 12 basketball conference that will be happening in, in 2024. All 16 finished this past season in the top 80 of Ken Palm, eight were in the top 30, eight were in the top 30. Uh, yeah. and then uh, a couple years ago, five were in the top seven. I mean, we're uh, since he finished. 50th in Ken Palm last season to, to put things in perspective. But every single member in the top 80 of Ken Palm at the end of the season last year, I, I mean, it's we're talking top to bottom, arguably the best basketball conference in, in history. And, and that's interesting to say compared to the fact that Cincinnati was in the old Big East, which a lot of people were clamoring at the time was the greatest college basketball conference of all time. It's a uh, it's going to be a scary sight, but a fun, fun sight to be a part of. That's at the very least. 
Yes, yeah, sir. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing teams like Colorado. Dude, that road trip at Colorado for, for, for football. Whew. I just mean in basketball because I'm not worried about Colorado. Oh, well, I mean, they, they went to a couple they of had some decent teams. teams. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we're I don't looking know. at, look, I mean, looking at the entire conference, I'm saying like, I'm, I'm just more excited yeah. about that game than UCF still in the league, right? <laughs> The, is, uh, is is Johnny Dawkins still down there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Johnny Best Dawkins. coach I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. His 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 son took us out of the net took the nasty natty out of the tournament. Out of the TBT. But uh yeah, I mean uh, Chad, would you would you put this new Big 12 out there against the old Big East? I mean we can oh, yeah. obviously we got a lot of time to talk oh, about yeah. it, but sure it's incredible. Night in, night out. Quad one, quad two games every single game. Probably quad for three one, and a half months. Like, yeah, late December to mid March for for four months. I love it. I I mean I hate it, but I love it. It's going to be a fantastic movie one day. Um, <laughs> Win brings T Win brings up a, a good thing. Your guys' quick thoughts on Arizona State's ads comments and and whatnot last week. I mean, it was the president that tried to oh, like, yeah, president, president, yeah. derail things. The AD, that's a different animal, t when I'm not touching that. Okay. He the was president the, said, he, the AD is the one who said he didn't want to go to Morgantown, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I'll see there. Like, same. Same sees. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel you, bro. <laughs> I'm excited about Morgantown. Yeah, okay, until you get hit in the head with a bottle from 50 yeah, yards away. I'm, I'm making that trip, man. Oh, yeah. You're going to get in a fight. You are going to get in a fight. <laughs> I'm not a fighter unless I'm, unless I'm back against the wall. and someone I'm not saying you're going to start a fight. I'm saying you're going to get in a fight. There's, well, those are we'll, two we'll different see. things, Ryan. I'm hanging I'm not out with get... five Huggins, man. We'll be having a good old time. We're going to be driving up to the game. It'll be fun. Pittsburgh, uh, Columbus, man. same thing. Who knows? <laughs> could be go. either. Right. Could be both. We'll hit all three. Could, Cincy, could, could be there. Since he'll interview for an assistant coaching job with Cunningham, and then we'll go to Columbus, say hi to Urban. He'll start collecting cans yeah. for his uh, uh, recycling collection. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, no. Oh man. Um, well, anything more on this? I, I'm sure you guys will talk about it more throughout the rest of the week as other things pop up. I'm sure Dan Simon will make an appearance on on Wednesday. just a just a weird way to weird way to welcome yourself into a conference. Yeah, yeah, we're not I, going there. I promise like, we're you, I'm here, not. We're not yeah. going there. <laughs> and it, and I quote, he said, he said, I promise, I'm not going to Morgantown. <laughs> He said he said he'd send his deputy AD, yeah, but he's yeah. not going. Like the team might doing? go, but I'm not going. What are you doing? Being honest. I, well, it's... I I will say on record, if there's one place I am going, it, it will be Arizona State. There, it's hundred percent right. <laughs> you, got, you got a girlfriend, bro. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Um, but uh, anyway, I'm the only single guy in this room. Yeah, got a good point. 
not my choice, but it is what it is. Right, right. Um, nothing more on I realignment. Think Aaron's so uncomfortable with those jokes. <laughs> Just, I like it. Yep. I like. I kind of on Aaron's side there. I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh or not. You can laugh. It's fine. It's like. I'm what was this face for me? Like I'm making fun of myself. It's fun. It also sucks because he's saying it with his camera off, so you can't really tell what he's saying. <laughs> I, I know. It's like, I he's really got you tricked. It's, it's, on, it's, not, it's not by accident, Ryan. <laughs> you bastard. Well, I'm smiling. Uh, it's okay. I'm smiling. It's, it's quick paper supply timestamp, shall we? I mean, we can. Is that where we're at? I mean, I, we could talk more about realignment, but it's kind of just a... <laughs> Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats. For twenty percent off your first month of purchases, boom, baby. Um, real quick, because I like to mention uh, basketball in every podcast, no matter what. Um, there were some cool highlights that you guys can look up on on Instagram, or I'm sure they're on Twitter. Just uh, search uh, first day day. Thomas had himself a looks like obviously just workouts, but he's looking explosive. He's hit a bunch of threes. Uh, saw his he's on explosive. on Instagram. There's no question about that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but. Uh, Quick, quick little highlight tape of just his workouts. You know, that's what's going on at this point. And then, of course, Smith League had a nice little uh, showdown. Looks like Landers and uh, Rayvon Griffith going mano e mano. And uh, Rayvon looks like he's day one ready for uh, for the Big 12. He, he looked quite impressive after, as Landers was hitting one foot fadeaway after one foot fadeaway. Rayvon was kind of going uh, back and forth with him as it looked in the Smith League. Um Chad, I, I know things will be quiet for a while until school starts up. Um, anything on the yeah, recruiting 21st, front? Um, I mean, how long do we want this podcast to go? Uh, not too long. Just uh, just a quick hitter if you have one. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. The names are the names. Like, yeah. If you don't want me to get into it, then I'll just say the names are the names. Uh, if I was going to, hypothetically, if I was going to get into it, Okay. Um, this would normally be the time of year that I would be formulating a hot board. Cool. And there would be, you know, 10, 12, 15 names coming out of the summer that Cincinnati is is kind of dialed in on. Right. Um, that's not the case anymore. Right. Because I think what you're seeing, uh, at least from a, a Cincinnati perspective, as they adjust to the new NIL and transfer portal and being in the best basketball conference in America. um, (laughs) I think you're seeing a philosophy of we are going to swing for the fences. We are going to go after our top targets. And after that, we'll go to the transfer portal. Like we're not going to, we're not going to produce a board of targets that includes guys that are in the top 125, that are in the top 150. Now, that's not to say there might not be a guy that over the years that they're like, look, this kid's vastly underrated. 
Like right. we think like he can, he can be like a major, major factor here, but what you're not seeing anymore are the secondary list. The secondary list right now for 2024 doesn't really exist because it is, we are going to hit home runs mm-hmm. or we are going to either try to keep what we have and if we do have spots to fill, we're okay waiting until the spring and then hitting the portal. Or you're also seeing a lot more top 75 type guys, top 50 type guys still committing in the spring. Oh, yeah. Yep. Still available. Yeah. You know, uh, UCLA just added two guys. Uh, Born, added dude. A guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Kansas added a guy. Like, like legitimate, like either like foreigners who are stateside or foreigners that are with their club teams and they're wanting to come over to America. Like the philosophy has become pretty clear from the staff when you see the kids that are on campus for visits, the young kids that are coming on campus for visits. They're all top 60 type level kids. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the visits that are being set up official visits for 24 unofficial to, you know, a couple, maybe potential official visits for 25. These are top 50, top 60 level kids. And they're going to recruit the high school level there. But if they don't hit, they're not going to the high school level for the backups. Right. The secondary guys on the board are, we'll figure that shit out in April Mm -hmm. when we find out who's in the portal. So, it's just a shift and like for anybody that's like kind of wondering like is there going to be a post-summer hot board i've been making those calls that i do the same every august when july closes because coaches have been out on the road they've like you know but what i've sensed is there are the top of the board guys and that second list is gone it is not in play really anymore in this situation because if you miss on the top level guys, you're not, you don't have to reach. You can say, we'll go to the portal and we'll get Landers Nolly. We'll get Simus Lukosius, Simas Lukosius. We'll get CJ Frederick. We'll get Aziz. We'll get Jamil. Like I, it's, it, it's just different. It's different now. So, um, like I, I've been like trying to put together a hot board. The hot board is Tyler McKinley is signed, Jace Richardson, LeBaron Phylon, Tyler Perry, uh Jaden, Jaden Quaintance. That one's complicated. Yeah. Obviously. But um Betsy. Yeah, Tyler Betsy, uh, who's expected to official visit. So like that's that's the hot board. Right. And after those guys we'll roll to the spring and, and we'll see, you know, what, what fruits are, uh, are there, but Mm -hmm. there's not this rush to like, we're going to, we're going to hit secondary guys hard in October. If we miss on what we want in September, it's, we're going to swing for the fences in the early period. And if we don't hit in the early period, we're not going to panic because we're going to be fine. They've got a healthy, amount of NIL money. They play in the best conference in the country. 
so it, it's just a changing landscape. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I hear this all like uh, the top 70 fight, you know, outside the top, outside the top 30, like those kids are going to get screwed. No, no, no. Those kids are still going to have plenty of places to land. And if you're smart, you'll be sitting in the weeds waiting to land a bunch of those guys mm-hmm. uh, for the high school spots that you have. And then you save two or three spots for the transfers. Yep. You turn over five, six spots every year, which is crazy to me, but it's just the way things go. Um, no, it is. Yeah. I, I, that's that. I had a conversation with a couple coaches today as I was driving back from higher ground about that exact, like, is this really what's happening? Am I seeing what's happening correctly? And they're like, yeah, like if we don't get our top guys, we're content to wait. We're not going to reach. We're not going to go grab a kid 175 and yeah. hope that in three years he's ready because he's not going to be here in three years. He transfer out. And, yeah. And and also another one last crazy thing is is watch for the 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 foreign side of things because, like you mentioned, UCLA has added a couple of, of late additions. That I, I saw Duke added one. Yeah. Kentucky added one. It's the whole NIL thing has completely changed how attractive college basketball. Now that they've figured out how to how to pay the European yeah, the, players exactly, outside exactly. of the visa, the the student visa. Yeah, you can say instead of signing, you know, a three or four year deal with with some club team out there, come come over right. to college, play a couple of years, and we'll get you we'll get you seven hundred and fifty thousand yep. million dollars. And you can go to the NBA whatever. whenever you want to. So yeah, like I had somebody tell me tonight the the two. UCLA guys are NBA guys. The Kansas guy is an NBA guy. Yeah. The Kentucky guy is very likely an NBA guy. Yeah. The Duke guy is very likely an NBA guy. Like they're just going and adding these guys that never probably would have never come to play basketball in America. And the Cincy staff has someone with connections. Deep, deep connections with foreign basketball. There you go. International basketball. There you go. Let's let's quick locking. (laughs) <laughs> locked in let's let's quick hit this mailbox bang through it yeah if you'd like to sponsor the mailbox yeah the mailbag mailbag hit us up for now uh home field apparel okay. one of my favorites the school of mines i love this shirt <laughs> I like one it of too. my one of my home field apparel uh uh what's the word the, the random side check. No, like the, the random, uh, they would just send you a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, grab bag. The grab bag. Yeah. The grab bag. Uh, da, 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 da. here it is. Hold on. Real quick. Uh, home field is a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. Uh, they have a growing collection of over 150 colleges to choose from, including, including the Bearcats. So what you want to do, go to Home Field at checkout. If you're a first-time customer, enter BCJ23, and you will get 15% off your Home Field purchase. All right, let's go, Aaron. Emory Jones is the clear quarterback one, but how has the battle for quarterback two been shaking out between the Brady's who seems to have the edge heading into higher ground? We did cover this a little bit. Um, I don't know that we need, I don't know if anybody has anything Lick, more. Lichtenberg has the clear, the clear edge 
Uh, Drogosh looks good. Like, he's every bit as advertised. He's a guy that's going to be in the mix to be the starting quarterback here. Uh, going forward, I would say right now he's number three behind Lichtenberg with Emory Jones as the clear one. All right. Uh, our girl Taylor writes in, what are you guys most excited about for this upcoming season besides the obvious of being in the Big 12? It's easy for me. Full stadiums, fans that care. Like uh, the people that are talking about the games. People, games people that matter. That are interested, games that matter. People that are interested in the outcomes. Like it's just such a different world that we're about to enter into. And I hope people, one, understand it. Two, consume the content we're giving you uh like on the bcj pod every week we're giving you the people that you need to like connect with and be in touch with to follow this stuff be a part of it like embrace it because it's going to be a lot of fun i think we'll see a lot more traveling fans too uh from other schools Mm -hmm. as opposed to what we're accustomed to which is a stadium full of cincinnati fans so and and then the parents of the other team and that's it Right. Um, so. I would I would also add uh, I'm excited for the defense. Um, the, randomly, that Wake Forest game was on where Louisville played Wake Forest last year, forced eight turnovers, sacked them a bunch. I love the defenses of the Fickle era. Yeah, they showed that to the team recently. Really, to the defense. Like this is this is yeah. what it looks like if we do it right. When I was down in Florida, it was on ACC Network, so I was like, I'll yeah. watch a little bit of it. It was the third was quarter talking, when they went haywire, and I was like, holy yeah. shit. I was actually talking to somebody on offense today, and they were like, they showed that to us, where it was like like tied in the third quarter, and then it yeah. was like 42 to 14 in like they, yeah. four minutes. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Ryan, what are you looking forward to? I'm Maddie. just going to piggyback off both of you guys. I'm looking for, yeah, like games that – everyone's in, invested in uh, packed stadiums kind of what Chad's saying just kind of like that environment we went on the road in Notre Dame and, and uh, oh, yeah. Indiana where it's just hostile it's close it's good ass football every single week and yeah I'm excited for the defense I, I'm just excited just to see how the team in general just handles being in the big 12 handles a new new coaching staff um, I'm excited to see how the city responds to. How 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 into it and invested are, are we going to take it up a notch? Are, uh, are our fans going to get louder? Are they going to show out more? I think they will. I'm just excited to, to kind of see the the results of that. Telling the bar that you're at. Yeah, I, honestly, I forgot to mention that. Like, I guess this is a football question, but I I'm excited to see fifth third with a with these kind of teams coming in. Yeah. Because I've always heard the hype about. The, the crowds there and I've never been able to see it. So I I'm really looking forward to that. Every game feeling like the, the crosstown shootout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to convincing the owner of the bar that I'm at to keep the bar open for a little bit longer as the end of the BYU Cincinnati game is on TV still. Just please. It's, it's still on. It's two. We need to close. It's still on. Please. All right. Are we still worried about getting pressure on the opposing quarterback? Brian Brown has dudes to work with, and the pressure disguise is brilliant, as Bruce would say. The entire scheme, as proven in 
recent Louisville defenses appears to have tremendous merit? Um, I'm not worried, but you guys know my deal. I want to see it. Like, I want to see it. I'm like, excited, I, I, but it, it's not guaranteed. We still, we got to go do it. Right. Potential. Now what I, Ryan, I think what you would agree with is, is what I've liked is I've seen it coming from a lot of different places. Like it, it's not just, it, maybe my, like, you know, with free, Maybe my there was they were maybe too reliant on Maje. Like Maje is that disruptive. We're just going to let leave Maje on an island, and he's going to create havoc, which he did. But maybe if you mixed in a little bit more chaos, like when we saw, like when Sauce started coming off the edge, and and blitzing like over top of Maje because defenses just weren't expecting that. Like I think we're going to get a lot of that. Like. Uh, where did that – Where? What, how did Sammy end up at the quarterback? Like, how did threats end up at the quarterback? How, how did – you know, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Like, that that makes me think the more that I'm starting to see it, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right. Uh, Emery brings the different element with the run game, but if we're assessing how he looks as just a pure passer throughout the first week of – camp what are your thoughts for comparison how has he looked compared to ben last year or does in 2021 i don't do that because they're running a different offense so but he's been really good throwing the deep ball um he's been really good over the middle on the intermediate and shorter outside stuff he's been a little bit more inconsistent uh but i can live with that because he's been missing in ways that aren't really dangerous per se. Um, the interceptions have been limited. Uh, I, I think Ryan would agree. Like if a quarterback is throwing, if the number one, the the surefire number one quarterback is throwing one interception or three quarters of an interception a day against the number one defense, I will take that because they have so many throws. Like you're going to make a bad throw. Somebody's going to make a play, but I'm not writing down a bunch of Emory Jones dangerous throws or a bunch of like, not even necessarily the picks, but not like, Oh, he put that ball in a bad spot or he put the defense, like he put the offense in a bad situation there. I'm not doing a lot of that. So for me, that's really good. And then they've got a bunch of six, three to six, five guys that can go up and get it. And he throws a really good ball over the top. Uh, that's a good thing to me. So I, I'm happy with where Emory's at so far. You're muted. The only games I can come in town for are Iowa State or Kansas. Which do I go with? with? Iowa State's probably going to be better weather. If we're being it's honest. October Kansas 14th. Kansas and is Kansas the last is game of the regular season. November 25th. Iowa State. I would agree, based on dates alone. Yeah. I think, uh, like, both of them, you know, they do it differently, but, like, both are going to be probably middle of the pack uh, Big 12 teams. So I don't think the game is that much different. Like, it's not like you're choosing between West Virginia and, 
who's expected to have a bad season. And Iowa State's homecoming as well. Yeah, thanks, GMAC. Um, like, I think they're about on the same plane. So I would pick the better weather game, which would be Iowa State. Kansas does have the defending offensive player of the year uh, yes. last year for the Big 12. You're also so. counting on him being healthy on November 29th. Or the game mattering. Right. <laughs> for either team. Fair enough. Uh, with the staff's new blitz-heavy offense, how well will we match up schematically against RPO-heavy offenses like Texas Tech? Also, what would you say are the strengths and weaknesses of this defensive scheme, i.e. the three-three-five had a bend-but-don't-break mentality, leaving us to get gashed via the run but enabled us to never give up big plays? Are there similar trade-offs with this scheme? I haven't watched enough in person yet. But Ryan, do you have an opinion? Sorry, I was muted. Uh, the thing about RPOs, you can kind of get it out into the into the gaps kind of quick, and we're not going to have a lot of support if we're rushing guys off the edge or rushing a linebacker. We're not going to have like guys flowing to that R, that quick game RPO. So you're going to be putting your corners or safeties out there on an island. Um, normally with RPO, you're best kind of just playing, you know, your like mono base. So to say. Yeah. yeah, base is what schemes up the best against RPO. Um, your blitz, your blitz obviously is going to go best against like a a medium to long passing concept and the run. Just kind of keep it simple. It seems pretty self-explanatory. Um, but but against like if you're playing a heavy RPO team, you just don't have to call constant blitzes. Yeah, you can you can say Deshaun stay at home on this side, Greshik stay at home on this side. We'll bring the safeties down into the box. Or one of the safeties down into the box, and we'll play your RPO. Like, I don't think it has to be so cut and dry. Is like, uh, we're playing a team that we don't need to blitz all the time, and we're still going to do it anyway. Like, if Brown does that, I think we'll be sitting here talking on this podcast. Like, what, what are we thinking? Yeah, and and we have a D line that's capable of winning four versus five, right? And getting gashing, and you know creating lanes for the linebackers to fill easily without having to be blocked or without getting significantly blocked. Um, yeah. So base is going to be really strong for us and for RPO, but when they, when offense start uh, third and short or third and medium, sure. I think that's yeah. when your blitz, your blitz is really going to can really cause some havoc on the offense. Cause they're not really going to know like, well, they're coming, uh, are we going to be able to run it or are we going to be able to, if we're, if we want to, if we, if we run a pass, we have to get open really quickly. Sure. And that's, that's hard to do because our guys are going to be pressed up and the quarterback knows he's got to get it out quick. So it, that's really kind of where you're going to see most of your, that uh, heavy blitz defense come into play. But. Yep. Third and Tenuta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you would like that one. Yeah. I thought you would like that one. We were like the worst third and extra long team I've ever seen in the history of football. Yeah, like, because Tanuda just wanted to send everybody. Oh, third even when, and we had, when we had Freeman, we had Freeman, we had Trestle, like no matter what, <laughs> it, it, we, like 
and we still would test out to be like a top five, top 10 defense in the country, but we just couldn't get off the field third and 12 plus. <laughs> Which astounded me. I was like, how? Like, what the? Just, I couldn't believe it. Granted, I wasn't doing jack shit besides watching because, you know, I also wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to get out there and, you know, get a rep in. But shit, those guys would be giving up the damn third and 12. I'm like, come on, guys. Let me get let me get these legs moving a little bit. <laughs> right. All right. How would you schedule the Big 12 in 2024? Use pods, divisions, one permanent crossover, etc. Who would you want to see first out of the new schools coming in in 2024? Brent, what you got? I don't, I don't know. Um, let's just go with the last part of this because uh, it's a lot. Um, but maybe maybe pods probably just divisions or just I, I don't know but um divisions are done like their divisions right. aren't happening anymore they're not doing divisions because it it puts a kink in how conference championships are determined right there always ends up being a difficult side and an easy side yeah the teams on the difficult side are like this is bullshit why yeah. do I have to be in the same division with Ohio State Michigan Michigan State and Penn State while the other division has uh, you know, uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Iowa right? Like Wisconsin, like, yeah, right. Yeah, I, like no, I agree. Wisconsin dig there. That's good. I I guess it would have to be a uh, a um just permanent crossover. Just let it be a hodgepodge type situation. And anyway, who do I want to see first? How the new schools come in? Uh, basketball wise, I, I'm excited about Arizona, but this is the football one. So let's go with just skip prime time, Coach Prime here here at Nippert, and just uh, let's just see him. Uh, I, I mean, what is, is he, he going to be there two years? I I was going to say is is it, like how is he going to be getting around? Is that is that foot going to be all right? I, I'm just con- concerned about everything in, in general. I don't know, Where's but. I don't know. I guess I would say Utah probably. In the end, I'd, I'd say Utah. They're they're really good, so that would be a really good game. Yeah, they are really good right now, for sure. Their fans are really annoying, though. <laughs> the, the, the the worst, irrational, nonsensical, the worst. They were in the Mountain West like seven years ago. Like chill. The worst. You guys see that one dude that that put Cincinnati as like second to last in the new Big Twelve teams. Yeah. To, it, you know, he's the same guy that picked USF to finish above Cincinnati last year. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good work, bro. Good work. I'm just gonna guess that the last time he was in Cincinnati, Archilly gave him the runs. Uh, you know what? That's a good point. I never thought about that. Just saying. It's not for everyone. No. Uh, for me, I would. I don't even like pods. Um, and I, I saw something floated around today where you would play one team. Um, I don't mind pods. Like you just basically have two or three teams that you play every year, right? And then you rotate through the rest. I don't mind that. I mean, that'd be more for no. basketball, right? I feel like, or, or no, I think it's the, with sixteen. Like you kind of need to do it for football, yeah. So that you're not. If you don't do, I, I think if you don't do something like pods. You end up like there's going to be a team you don't see for like four years, right? Or you play like once in four years. You well, I guess play in third place, <laughs> yeah. Like so, they, they you know th- this team's coming to your place 
and you've played them zero times at home in a conference you've been in for like six years. Right. I guess ba- basketball like would be like pods for the home and homes, and then everyone yeah. else is, yeah, yeah, flip flops, but yeah. Well, at 16, if you've got 18 games, like there ain't many, there's like two home and homes, like bump it up to 20, probably, right? Yeah, I think you almost have to, yeah, yeah. I don't know. For football, I, 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 again, I just think – I'll go back to the fact that I think that there's too many teams in these damn conferences, and we've just jumped the shark on all of it. So, right. whatever. Fair. Fair. Um, who would I want to see first out of the new schools coming in? If they're coming to NIP, yeah, I'm with you guys on Utah. Utah for sure. Uh, if we're going to oh, – what's up, Arizona State? <laughs> I think it'll oh, be a fun trip. All I right. It, it's it'd still be a fun trip. I've I've yeah. never been to Arizona. Okay. So it'll be fun. We'll be fun. I, I we used to, I would go to Flagstaff when I lived in LA. My buddy was dating a girl that lived in like Flagstaff. She was uh, a professor or a teacher at Northern Arizona. Flagstaff is a pretty that. cool town. Or although I would say the first time I went to Flagstaff, uh, I was driving from Cincinnati to LA when I was moving to LA. Mm-hmm. And my buddy was like, meet me in Flagstaff. Like, we'll hang out there for a night. Like, we'll go out and party, whatever. So I went there. It was like a beautiful, perfect night. It was like 50 degrees. Went out to the bars, had a great time. Went back to the girl that he was dating's house, like slept on her couch. Woke up in the morning. Nine inches of snow. Just from the time we got home from the bars until we woke up in the morning, we were snowed in. I was like, "What? I, I'm five hours from at like I'm five hours from my new home in L.A., five blocks from the beach, and I am now snowed in in Flagstaff, Arizona." Uh, but it was a really, really cool town. So I love Flagstaff. Royer, go to Scottsdale. It's yes, great. Sir. It is great. <laughs> I think Boulder would be really cool too. Boulder would be fun. Absolutely. All right, b-ball portion of the mailbag, baby. Yep, that's that's where we're at. We're churning through. <laughs> Not been much chatter around adding anyone else to the 2023 hoops roster for the last few weeks. Fall semester starts 821 at UC. Expecting a quiet two weeks on the roster front. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Okay. Uh, Wes and his staff. Uh, that's all right. We'll, that's one question we're through. Uh, Wes and I'm his staff. Seem... Cabinet. My daughter's got 102 fever now. So. Wes and his staff seem to be great at identifying guys who are top 50 but end up top 20 by the end of their senior year. Where would you rank Wes Miller or his staff amongst the best talent evaluators in UC history for both football and basketball? Who are best talent evaluators you've seen in your time covering UC? It's pretty obvious. Mick Cronin was elite at it. Uh, I think Luke Fickle was elite at it. Um, Bob Huggins was very, very good at it. Although, for the most part, like the high level guys that Bob hit on were high level guys. Yeah. Like you know, Wingfield, Kenyon was was rated highly. Uh, Demar was rated highly. Satterfield was rated highly. Logan was a little bit 
you know, down the list, but still Stokes. a guy that was a prolific scorer. Stokes was rated highly. Like Bob hit on a spectacular number of his highly rated recruits. Um, was BK ra- around long enough for? No. Well, I don't think I don't like. If you look at the like where Butch like D'Antonio, well, the best might be D'Antonio. Yeah. Because he came in and took a bunch of zero to two star guys and turned right. them into like Sugar Bowl and and Orange Bowl, like taking down top ten Rutgers. You know, like no, but like uh, Selick wasn't like a highly rated dude. Pike wasn't a highly rated dude. Like it, that's not even getting to Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey, which were you know had D'Antonio fingerprints on them. Like mm-hmm. D'Antonio might be the best. Making, but like. With Wes, like we still have to find out. Like we still have, like he has done a great job on identifying talent. Absolutely. Yeah. But they gotta win. They gotta win and win big before they can match what some of these other guys have done. Um, and I think that's just being fair. Like that's you know, I agree with the the notion that they've done a great job of identifying guys that start here and end here, but until the winning at a high level and being a protected seed and advancing in the NCAA tournament. And so that happened until that happens, you don't get to be up there with, you know, some of the others. Right. Jake wasn't a super high rated guy. Gary wasn't a super high rated guy. Trey, Trey, Jerem was, um, but you know, uh, Troy wasn't Troy. a super high rated guy. Mick hit on a lot of diamonds in the rough that became diamonds. That's okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now that you see him, Brandon has settled their legal case. What was the reason for his firing? And do you know if any of the players have spoke out about it? I think today is Lisa's birthday. So happy birthday, Lisa. Chad's left the room. So, uh, are we sleeping on John Newman this season? Uh, 41 inch vert is you had to go give your daughter that medicine, right? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. So, what did I miss something? No, I can ask you no, again happy, if you'd like. No, happy birthday, Lisa. Yep. Uh, a, a 41 inch vert is insane. So, it seems as if he's fully healthy. Knock on wood. How has he looked compared to the other wings on the roster in open gym? Hasn't played a lot of open gym. There's no need to like put extra extra work on his knee in open gym. So uh, th- I've heard great things. I've heard he looks really good. Looks like he did last off season when a lot of people felt like he was looking like the best player on the roster going into the season, and then had his knee act up. Uh, you know what you don't do in that situation? Have that guy run a bunch of open gyms. Uh, so I can't answer the open gym question, but from talking to people in the program, he's, he's on track. He's looking good. All right. Um, which that's the end of the basketball portion of the mailbag, moving on to the banks portion, which of the four new schools are you most excited to travel to? Uh, for me, it's Arizona. If I'm the four new schools. Oh, Okay. For me, it's Arizona because I want to dap up Jason Shear. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, mad props to that dude. Yeah. Amidst amidst stark criticism and so many people telling him, 
you're a shill. You're wrong. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like the, the rest up. of the Pac-12 media told him to shut the fuck up. And he said, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. And then they repeated it 47 <laughs> times. Uh, well, very, live on MTV. Yeah, with a very aggressive uh, guitar and drum uh, behind it. Uh, somebody needs to to uh, to put Jason Shearer's head on Zach De La Roca in Killing in the Name of. And then take away the MTV on the bottom right and put right. Pac-12 Network down right, there. Right, right. Um, <laughs> Those who don't. Yeah, I, I'll, I'm with you on that. Like, that's a dude that deserves all of the flowers. All of them. Because he yeah. was right at every turn. And everybody that told him he was wrong was wrong spectacularly like magnificently they were wrong so yeah i'm with you like I, especially let's go to arizona and dap up jason shear especially the utah people who were never leaving yeah okay. oh, i'm not leaving oh okay. uh, yeah you, you left <laughs> what you guys got brent ryan um yeah i think we've already kind of touched on it but Give me the, give me the Tempe. Give me the, okay. give me the, over and over. Well, this is, give me the boulder. <laughs> um, are you going to skip Skins' question? No, I'm getting to it. We always uh, end with Skins, so okay. he's, I think he's earned that. Okay, I, I agree. I agree. It's always the last question of the mailbag, and it's uh, rapid fire, so it always takes it. the longest. Because, let's do it. God. Let's let's make it rapid. All right, rapid Shall fire. Goat. Yeah. Crab legs or lobster tail? Crab legs. I want lobster tail. Crab legs. Man, there ain't nothing better than pulling out a big juicy crab leg. But uh, man, lobster. I'm not a lobster guy. It's a little too sweet for me. Crab legs like are the... a little, a little more succulent. A good lobster roll goes a long way, man. I agree. Um, but yeah, I'm not trying to work for the. You have to put too much work in on the crab legs for not enough. The juice isn't worth the legs. squeeze. If you get the right crab, like if you just do the like the. The, the small, tiny little... The Alaskan, the Alaskan snow crab? Yeah. yeah no, yeah, those that. suck. No, you got to do some king crab or some dungeness. Mm -hmm. Then you got to worry about cutting yourself on the... No, not on all of them. Just blood-flavored crab. It's good. <laughs> Listening to audiobook or podcast? I don't listen to audiobook. Podcast. podcast. Podcast, BBP on repeat. Great one today. Oh, I listened to a great one today. Uh, Two Bears, One Cave with Rob Lowe, talking about all the stories from his childhood with, like, the group of kids. Could you imagine? He went to middle school and high school. It was Rob Lowe, Chad Lowe, Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, Sean Penn, Chris Penn, Robert Downing Jr., uh, Eric Stoltz. No, these, like, they, they, yeah, that was, they all went to school together in Hollywood in, like, the late 70s, early 80s. And then they all started doing all these movies together. I thought you were going to say fire. drugs. They, and then they started doing all these drugs. Like he talks about a lot. Like it was and phenomenal. She went crisis. crazy. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, all know, of and, them and, had drugs. And Bert, yeah. Bert grew up like Bert's that age. So he grew up like, like he was joking at one point in time. He was like, if I was able to tell such and such girl in eighth grade that I would be friends with Rob Lowe, she would have fucked. Because she loved you so much in eighth grade. Like, if I would have been able to tell her in eighth grade that when I was 50, Rob Lowe and I were going to be boys, 
I would have had sex with her in eighth grade. <laughs> it was so it was so good. I'm through like I think I'm through like 60% of it. I'm gonna listen to the rest of it tomorrow on the way out to higher ground. There you go. Well, we're only like 40 Matt, Matt and Shane's secret podcast, Shane Gillis. Oh yeah, my god, Shane Gillis my, is awesome. He's so just an idiot. <laughs> Why do people frown on cargo shorts? Because they're assholes. <laughs> I'm not even clearly. Chad is Chad yeah. is a proud owner of cargo shorts. All of his shorts are cargo shorts. I do believe. No, they're not all cargo shorts. But when I'm working, I need extra fucking pockets. Do you want me to be able to do all of the things? Sometimes I got to put, you know, the notebook in this one to go to like the recorder in this one. Book, like I need. I'm not carrying a fucking book bag at higher ground when it's a hundred degrees out, Aaron. I, I did. Yeah, and you almost died. You know, Brady. They almost had to, they almost had to strip you down and put Look, you in the cold tub. I, I didn't even get I didn't even get night leg cramps like like this guy. You know, <laughs> Brady. Brady used to make him put bricks in their book bags. I tell you what. There it is. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and say that. Um, no comment on cargo shorts. I think I think it's because everybody told us that we had to hate them. I, I think. Yeah, that's the thing. Like people told you you had to hate them, so you yeah. hate them. But why? What's wrong with extra pockets? What problem do you know. have with extra pockets? Extra pockets are phenomenal. I, I blame Check. my ex-wife for why I have no more cargo shorts. Well, you're also divorced. So who was right? Who was wrong? Cargo shorts got out of there. Always right. Uh, Chinese or Indian? Chinese. Chinese. I like Indian, but Chinese. Yeah, I do too. I had I had Chinese tonight, but given the option, I'm going Indian food. Oh, nice. Kelly was big. Kelly loved Indian. No, so I get it. Uh, you know, like Chinese for me, the one the thing that puts Chinese over the top is crab rangoon. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. With the, with the with the sweet like the sweet pepper sauce like that yeah. that puts Chinese over the top for me. You get a samosa. The dishes. Like well, like the the main dishes, like a, you know, a, a, a tikka masala, general's chicken and tikka masala. There's not a huge disparity yeah. there. Non bread, like gives Indian, like that's a huge boost oh, for right. Indian food. I love non bread. I disagree. I think I think the main the main dishes are way different. Like. Yeah, but I think sure. they're equally yeah, like equally as, as good, is what I'm saying. They're equally as tasty. The main Indian dishes and the main Chinese dishes, yeah. like beef and broccoli, is delicious. Like uh, orange chicken, sesame chicken. Yeah, I, I, I just feel I feel like you're getting when when you go to a Chinese place. I feel like they're all mid. I don't know that I've ever had a Chinese place where I've been like, oh, oh my god, it's the best. The right Chinese. It's the best Chinese. But I feel like every Indian, I feel like every Indian place I've had is always like, "Oh, that was really good Indian." There's more bad Chinese. I'll give you that. There's more bad Chinese places than there are bad Indian places. Yeah. But the good Chinese places, like Amerasia and Covington, you ever been there, Royer? Uh oh. Uh oh. He's we lost him. He fell asleep. Yeah, because this he... rapid fire is taking too long. All right, do the final question. Here we go. Uh, why do some Reds fans think it's okay 
to start Newman over Matt. <laughs> I think it's okay to punt on improving the team in the present for theoretical future returns on prospects that are years away from contributing if they ever do. Since I, no, I didn't those, make any moves. At the... I don't think those prospects are years away from contributing is the mistake in the, the philosophy there. All of those guys, Noel V. Marte, uh, Phillips, uh, like they're all within, they're going to play in the majors either late this year or early next year. Those are not guys that are far down the road. They are no so Steve think... Fairchild, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's the mailbag. Get us out of here, Brent. <sighs> man, the Reds, man. I, I, I. But hey, guys, that was a fantastic BBP. Uh, Chad, I, re- I feel you. It's really long, Aaron. I, I don't think I'm not going to be able to do a nightcap tonight. I've got to go take care of. No, you're good. That's sick, kid. Trats. Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. Uh, but hey, you there's know, there's you... videos on the YouTube anyway. Go watch those. Yeah, there's your nightcap. Awesome. And here's a, here's an extra long nightcap for you too. But uh, big shouts as always to uh, three hour nightcap. Dan Co Transmission. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care. Big uh, big shouts, of course, to Quick Paper Supply Time Champs. Uh, oh yeah, shouts as well to Sauce Gardner and Nick Van Exel. Congratulations on graduation. Um, shouts, of course, to everyone doing a bang up job covering the uh, all the action there at Camp Higher Ground and at the uh, fall practices. Um, but we have filled you guys in as much as possible. So, without further ado, for my guys, my pals, my partners, Aaron Smith. Chad Brown, Ryan Royer. I am Brent Young. This was yet another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!